Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Unbelievable, man. Way to keep your hand in it. Holy shit.
It's your boy, Darren Gilliam, a.k.a. Black Flags Matter, back for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Yes, even though it's the off week for NASCAR, it's not for us, of course. We are still hard working, you know, but this doesn't even feel like work, man. This feels like feels like family at this point. It feels like a family gathering. Every, family is every work, Wednesday. Darian. Family. Exactly. Family. 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 Exactly. But... Yeah, we had a very interesting race, which we'll get into. But first, we got to introduce the panel, Eric Step, and of course, the Iceberg. Danny B. Talks is out uh, again. Um, he will be back with us soon or whatever, but um, he's going to be out tonight. But hey, it's all good. We'll hold it down for him while he's gone. Um, but let's get into it, man. The hot takes. So let's look at the order. Eric, you're first for this week's hot mm. take. Let's start us off, man. What you got? What you got? So... I've noticed on social media the past couple weeks, like week or so, and I've also noticed this listening to other podcasts, I'm not going to name specifically, that people are freaking out about Ross Chastain ever since that crash at Darlington and he got the talk from, not not that talk, but a different talk from Justin Marks and Chevrolet. <laughs> he hasn't quite been the same. And you look at the numbers and you know, you're exactly right. Ever since Darlington, he's finished 11th, 22nd, 22nd, and 10th. Uh, not the Ross Chastain we've come to know. He was leading the points before that Darlington incident. Now I think he's fourth, fifth, something like that. Uh, but I want to point out that it's not Ross Chastain. I don't think he's driving necessarily any differently, or if he is, I don't think it's hurting his performance. I think it's simply the car. I don't think there's anything wrong with Ross Chastain right now. You look at Daniel Suarez this most re- uh, recent weekend at Sonoma. He won this race a year ago. This weekend, he couldn't get through the top 20. He finished 23rd. So, you know, and you look at Daniel Suarez's numbers the past few weeks, he was uh, 23rd at Charlotte as well. Like, it's not like he's being outrun by Suarez. If Chastain starts getting outrun by Daniel Suarez, then maybe there's a problem. But until that happens, I'm confident that it's not Ross Chastain. It's not like he's changed his driving style completely and now sucks. It's just the cars. Trackhouse is a little off. We've seen Toyota take a big step forward the past few weeks. McDowell was great this past weekend. Ford guys like Blaney won a race. Uh, we've seen RFK be better. Trackhouse is just a little off. Ross Chastain is not the problem right now. Okay. All right, Jared, your turn. Uh, well, okay. If anyone followed me on social media this past week, they saw that I was back home in Rockford, Illinois, and I went to the Rockford Speedway. My hot take uh, is this. NASCAR should have trailer races. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying this for stupidity or any of this but hear me out here short tracks around the country have had trailer races rockford was famous for them and you know what for the second time ever we broke the damn concrete wall there it was awesome uh i didn't get the clips uploaded in time but next week i'll show you that redneck fun uh but the problem is short tracks around the country are closing down at a rapid rate NASCAR wants to say connected in some way with its roots. This isn't NASCAR roots per se, but more short track racing roots. Bring on some kind of bull ring or makeshift bull ring. Bring a bunch of trailers from all over the country. There was a dude in one of them that literally was trailing a damn hot tub full of water behind him. 
Bring all these rednecks from around the country, just like Rockford did, and have some fun with it. Charge like 20 bucks a pop and have, you know, not pop, but like ticket and have people come in and just have some dumb fun and something that can just, everyone can agree it's fun. It's not NASCAR. You don't, who the hell's going to debate trailer races? That's my hot take. Have some trailer races at NASCAR. So my hot take has to do with the NBC portion of the NASCAR Cup Series broadcast. It has to do with the intro, actually. I believe, I firmly believe that the current intro we have, the current NBC intro, um, I don't know the name of the song, but you guys know what I'm talking about, is the best that NBC has had ever since their return um, in 2015. I know Blake Shelton's was pretty damn good, but it was a little too country for my liking. And then, you know, the running down a dream, it was good. It was like a little on the, I guess you could say country rockish side a little bit more, but I don't know. I, I just, I like the tone. I like the vibe of this singer, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's so chill. So chill to me, you know, it's not, not too high, not too low. It's just right. It's just right. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. Slow, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I just, that's just my, that's just me though. That's just me. I know I'm probably um in the minority with that but yeah i think the uh current intro is uh banging compared to is it the, the same one team. is there a different one this year is it the same one from last year? uh we don't know yet we don't know yet so we might we might find out it might be different um might get a a fourth one so we'll see we'll have to wait and see but yeah that is my hot take and we will put the poll up right there so while you guys vote on that we will get right into the weekend's festivities, the previous weekends, because we had Sonoma racing, and I called it Infineon in like my uh, in my upload on Monday. I don't know, it's just that's just the old the old fan of me, I guess. You know, still calling it Infineon. Some I know some fans who still call it Sears Point. So I remember when I pointed out Sears Point, I don't think Eric knew what I was talking about. Like, what do you mean Sears Point? What are you talking well, about? I know Sears Point, oh, but okay, I also okay. called Infineon because that's what it was, I think, in the NASCAR Thunder games. Yeah, yeah. And and Infineon, that's actually a company. It's actually some technology yeah. company. I didn't too. know that as a kid. I just thought that was what it was called. When they yeah. changed it to Sonoma, I thought that was the company. <laughs> I was like, exactly, exactly. But, you know, speaking of dominance um, at this track, Martin Truex Jr., man. Wow. That guy... We it feels like yesterday we were talking about oh should him and the crew chief split up they seem to be arguing and stuff but now all of a sudden they're back to being championship contenders again it feels like Eric you started us off uh yeah Martin Shrek Jr oh. basically nukes the field I he's looking pretty good man what do you think he's looking great and I'll point out that some people were suggesting that he and James Small need to break up I think I was one of those who predicted at the beginning of this year that uh, he was due for a bounce back season now. Did I expect him to have two wins and be leading the points at this point in the season? No, probably not, but not too far off. He's got three wins if you include his win at the clash. No, it's this is a typical Martin Truex Jr. kind of win. You know, it wasn't super flashy. He just had the best car and didn't really make any mistakes. Even when that untimely loose wheel caution cost him his track position, he was back in ninth. He was the best driver in the field at passing. He was the only guy who was able to really drive up to the lead. I know McDowell looked really, really good. I'm sure you're excited about that, Jarrett. He drove from like 11th to fourth ish. A few other guys like Bell could make some passes. Uh, Almondinger could make some passes. I'm probably forgetting one or two others, but no one could make passes like Martin Truex Jr. So mm-hmm. didn't seem to matter that uh, strategy, untimely cautions, nothing really went against Truex, or even when it did, 
he overcame it. So uh, what a turnaround though for Toyota last year in this race, yeah. they were terrible. Truex ran like 25th here last year and everyone was wondering what is going on. But now with this win, he is tied for the second most Sonoma wins all time behind the one and only California legend, Jeff Gordon. So uh, congrats to Martin Truex Jr. I mean, there's not a whole lot else to say about it other than he earned it. He was the best driver. Best driver got the best result. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. And, I think with Truex now looking at the the long term with it, uh, I think I think he will probably stay around a bit longer. I you know I see some people in the chat saying, "Hey, can we put the Truex retiring rumors to bed now?" Uh, and I've seen other people say that, and I think at this point we can. I think at this point too, he has a much different mindset. You can tell that he seems a lot more loose, at least when you see him in interviews, when you see him, you know, talking to the media, whatever. Um, obviously a lot has changed personally for him too. Uh, a lot less probably that's on his mind. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking at this point, it, he probably has sort of, you see it in a lot of, in some drivers careers, a, a kind of rebirth of their career where you think they're done for a while and then they pop back up. I mean, me as a junior fan, you know, I, I can remember those last five years or so before the concussion where it was this massive turnaround where he was a completely different driver, something changed. Uh, and, and, and plenty of drivers go through that. So I think at this point, you know, a, a Truex with not a care in the world, basically for no better way of putting it on my end. Uh, I think that's a dangerous Martin Truex jr. And it's extremely dangerous. Yeah. yeah and I, I think as long as him and James smalls keep their cool and, you know, unlike earlier this year, they have kept their cool pretty damn well. The last 10 or so races, uh, they keep it up like that into the playoffs. They there's no reason they can't win a championship. Yeah, it's a complete. Yeah, it's just it's a complete turnaround. It feels like just last. I mean, like I don't want to say complete turnaround actually because I mean, yeah, they missed the playoffs last year, but they were still consistent. Like in the consistent points, they were top five still. So you know, it's just the difference just a case is of not getting a win, unfortunately. Not to cut you off, Darian, but the difference is is that last year they just didn't finish races, whether it was something breaking like at Darlington or if it was Truex making a mistake like on pit road at Homestead. Like they just found weird ways, especially in the second half of the year, to lose races last season. Mm -hmm. But this weekend, you know, had the best car. Even when they faced minor adversity, they didn't beat themselves. They just went out and continued to dominate. They performed. So by the way, Jared, you won the poll. Um, I'm I'm shocked I finished last though. I'm shocked. I feel like I felt like there'd be more that would be against me, but no, never mind. So Jared Try your races for the take. win. <laughs> Good job. Great job. But uh, but yeah, no, Martin Trex Jr. gets the W. And uh, yeah, and as um somebody said earlier, now he's uh first in the uh, consistent points now. So that's that's another points, major yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, we have to yeah, we have to separate yeah. them now, you know, consistent points or whatever, consistent from playoffs. But uh looking at the rest of the field though, and I can just go over the top ten. I mean, Kyle Bush finishes P2. Um he's he finished was second there. in both yeah. road courses this year. Yeah, he's another guy. I mean, when you talk about road course ringer, I mean just road course contenders and stuff. I mean, yeah, back to back second place runs now. And you know, like he was coming off of a win at Gateway. So, you know, a lot of momentum swinging his way, uh, entering the off week. And then Logano in third, um, back to back top fives. He, he, him and that 22 team really needed that. And then my personal favorite in the top five, Chris Busher, man. Like, that's the other one. I was forgetting. You want to, you want to talk about another road course contender? Like, he's really been one in the last couple of years that's really emerged. Really quick, when looking at Busher, let me pull it up. I know the, I know the points are rolling on the bottom line here, but if I'm correct, yes, Busher. 
is now the top RFK driver. He has 102 mm-hmm. points over the cut line in 13th. Um, he, I'll put it like this. He's closer to Ross Chastain and Kevin Harvick than he is the cut line at this moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just says a lot about him, and it says a lot about the work that team did in the offseason. I mean, like, there was, like, I mean, there were still some questions entering this year, but you figured that they would take a, a step in improvement, but I didn't expect this much of a step, though. So, I mean, Keselowski's finally bringing, you know, Rouse back to prominence, finally. And rounding out the top five is Chase Elliott. This was a much-needed top five, considering, you know, coming off of the suspension. And we were, we've were we been starting to question his, you know, where he ranks of, among the road course contenders now, you know, ever yeah, since the I- next gen. I thought Hendrick Motorsports in general disappointed. This is what I said earlier, that Toyota has caught up. Chevrolet doesn't mm-hmm. seem to, at least not Hendrick specifically, is no longer the clear dominant team. I mean, Kyle Larson, I know he was, I don't remember where he qualified, but he was running in the top 10, top five. Uh, I think he qualified like eight, 16th, drove his way up into the top 10. I thought, okay, Larson's going to be a threat. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a threat. And then that mid-race caution, the one where Truex fell back to ninth on the restart and then drove his way up to first. Larson was like 14th or 15th and he just didn't go anywhere. Neither really did chase Elliott for that matter. They kind of just stayed there in the mid teens. And that's when I realized, Oh no, like Truex is obviously better than they are right now. So, you know, Bowman was, I don't know where he finished. He was like 12th all day. He Uh, finished 15th and Byron finished 14th. So that's about worst running Hendrick car. That's about where they ran all day. I think Byron got like top five track position because of a strategy play or a caution or something, but like just Hendrick was, you know, at best they were a fifth place car and that's where chase Elliott, probably the best road racer among them. That's where he finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the rest of the top ten: AJ Allmendinger in six. Now, this was a shocking stat I had I had found out from my Monday. Um, excuse me, from my Monday upload. He has not he has not led a single lap on a road course this year. That's oh, very disappointing. Two. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know, but still, I mean, <laughs> AJ Allmendinger though. You feel like, I don't know, entering this year, like, oh, since he's running full-time, maybe, you know, he might be more of a contender early on. We still have plenty of road courses to go, but still, I would have expected him to be more of a contender. But still, a solid P6 finish. McDowell, P7. Larson, P8. Christopher Bell, P9. And rounding out the top 10 is Ross Chastain. So, not a bad run. Not a bad run yeah. for Michael for McDowell. Guys. I want to mention him real quick in case Jarrett doesn't. Um, but he was looking like a top five threat until the pit crew or yeah, I think it was a pit stop. They had mm-hmm. a wheel nut fell off the gun or something, delayed them. They fell back a few spots. But like Jurex, he was one of the few who could pass. So he still passed his way back up into seventh. So a respectable day, which I was yeah. looking at the standings. I know they're underneath me right now, but they're at a different timeline. Where is McDowell? He's only like 15 or 20 points below the cut line, 14 I think. Below the cut line in nine. Yeah. 14. Yeah. So yeah. And okay, the cut I see line, it now. The cut line's getting pretty tight too. It is getting pretty, pretty tight. tight. Yeah. yeah. So and McDowell, we'll, we'll he didn't win. That. He bit. didn't win, but at least, you know, narrowed that gap a little. He's, he's, just, he's still in contention, well, which is mm-hmm. Here's the crazy thing about the cut line in general. Uh, we're 10 races away now uh, from yeah. the playoffs starting. Because uh, after this bye week coming up, uh, you got the 10 race run to the, uh, I keep calling it the chase, the playoffs. <laughs> uh, and you're looking at how close they are there. And, and you got Bubba 15th plus 26, Bowman's plus three and 16th. Uh, Suarez being right after him, obviously, is minus three. Gibbs minus 11. McDowell minus 14. Uh, Almondinger minus 33. Cindric 39. LaJoy 40. Haley 47. Gill and 52. All of these guys, depending on what can happen, could be in the playoffs after the Nashville race, uh, even without a win. Like that's how close it is right now, where basically 16th through 24th all are within one race 
Yeah, and it's full of guys that, I mean, I'd say for the most part, just to start the season, have been, for the most part, disappointing. I mean, Austin Sendrick's one. I didn't expect to be really in that range and stuff, you know. And then also got, like, I mean, colleague racing, they're still developing. But I'll be honest, I sort of expected more from Justin Haley. I think I even had Justin Haley in, like, my playoff predictions thing. So that's one prediction think, that didn't I think really I had Allmendinger in my top 16. And, so yeah, like, yeah. to your point earlier, he's been – good on the road courses but like but he he's not a true one. he but he's not yeah. he hasn't been a true contender though no, you know where it's like oh like oh here. damn oh there you go uh let's see darian you had both colleague cars making the playoffs <laughs> oh that's <laughs> even worse i think oh, i had almondinger right jared all hmm. four hosts had almondinger oh oh i had both oh that's even worse you were the only one that had Haley. hey yeah da- there's still a daytona race coming up and there's yeah. still some road courses you never know hey. That's bad. Oh, geez, man. Yeah, to be well, fair, I can't say too much. I I had uh, Eric Jones <laughs> and 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 Jeff, yeah, William who, Byron, yeah, Byron yeah. Truex, not so I. Oh, even Truex. Well, yeah. I I was going off the trends of last year and realizing that um that that one is not a trend. One year is not good. a trend. It's all good. Hey, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Yeah. I see uh, is the first step. I see dad in the chat says, Darian, you oofed up. Well, you also Jared oofed up too. We all oofed up in, in <laughs> Don't one deflect way or on me. This wasn't about <laughs> how bad of a decision I made. I'm spamming the like oof face emoji in the chat, yeah. which apparently you can do now. So if you guys see that, yeah, that's me. But for those who don't know, Eric <laughs> just found out today, I guess, that there's these little emoji reactions you can now use in the that's chat. That's got to be so new, right? Well, I, they've had it, I think, for, I don't know, a little bit, I think. I, I don't know. I think it's, like, one of their more recent oh add-ons. Now everyone's spamming it. I love no, that. That's no, that's me. good. That's, that's good. just me. Oh. Well, there oh. you go. Get the chat to start spamming ones. There you go. Get the, tat, the, the chat to start spamming it. But we were talking about um, we were talking about Michael McDowell earlier, all hell McDowell supremacy, and he's a potential playoff threat. You know, he could potentially make it in on points alone. But he did run into some controversy, though um blaney versus mcdowell there and really it felt like blaney versus a, a couple of ford drivers there you know you had um what was it the contact with mcdowell um that it was i think was it briscoe briscoe no, no, Brisco, Brisco. yeah, yeah. Brisco. so so yeah blaney was on track to having a top 10 run and then he gets spun out by one ford driver and then gets spun out by another ford driver on the other side of the track and the post-race reaction was the was the funniest because he was just like yeah, it's just, it's just yeah, he got turned basically, and then and then I guess the guy was asking, trying to ask another question, and then Blaney says, "Stop, stop trying to create controversy." <laughs> so I guess he's well, over. Blaney, it, Blaney's not a controversial guy. He's, he's not. He's really. You know, he not. stays away from that. Yeah, he's. Really I, not. And it, it, it's tough. I didn't see you know in the first instant. It looked like Almondinger was really the guy who made the mistake. He overshot, and that sort of caused like forced Blaney to check up. And then he just kind of got tapped by McDowell who also was trying to check up. That was just kind of bad luck. Uh, I would say all Monday, if anyone was most at fault, but then mm-hmm. the Briscoe deal, I, I maybe like, it didn't look like even Briscoe hit him too hard. So I don't know. I, I don't know what happened there, um, but yeah, it definitely stinks. I did. Weren't they on a different strategy? Didn't yes. he like take stay out? And that's why he was even up there. So, yeah. Uh, and to be fair to uh, Almondinger and, and I guess McDowell, since he was the one that got into him, Blaney was holding up that whole group. And then on the second uh-huh. go round was holding up the second group. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw some people that were like, were even Blaney fans being like, yeah, we kind of figured that was going to happen. Cause that, you know, that is, it's what happens at these road courses. It's such an, I saw, effect. 
I saw a tweet, I think from Rodney Childers, because like there's a fan who was like, why didn't you like Harvick was running maybe like 11th or something. Why didn't you try to stay out and try to go for the win? And Rodney Childers said there was a like 0.1% chance we were going to win that race. There was like an 80% chance we were going to get spun out by somebody with fresher tires. That's yeah. why they and, and I was like, oh, like, you know, that's an interesting like way to think of it as a crew chief. That's like kind of a cool look into the crew chief's mind there. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't you stay out and just go for it? Well, yeah. there's risk involved. Felt like an analytical approach there. You know, that's the crew chief's job, you know, to analyze the situations there. And I don't know, I guess, you know, since Blaney has the win, I guess his team figures, oh, what the hell? We got nothing to lose. And even if we, you know, finish in the back, it won't really affect anything. So, yeah, I felt like Blaney probably viewed it as the same thing. But uh, really outside of that, I mean, there were only two yellows and, and you know Hamlin had crashed and um well well uh, excuse me the only two yellows were one for the Hamlin crash and two for the uh well the first caution of the day being the uh, the tire going out on pit lane and stuff because remember road courses don't have any more stage yellows which I'm cool with you know just with that being everywhere and stuff but for now it's just on the road courses and I gotta say you know like you know people were just I mean I saw some people complaining about you know like Sonoma or whatever but then I'm like this is what it is, you know, when you have no stage yells and stuff, you know, you have, you know, different varying strategies and stuff. That's just the way I, a Sonoma race works. Let it be known. Let it be known. I was rooting for a caution-free race because it'd be so damn cool to see. Uh, yeah. But I will say, I don't know, know if I necessarily agree with his take on this, but I found it interesting. So, you know, I follow Moonhead on Twitter, uh, and he put, you know, kind of a half joke, but it kind of half made me think, which mm. is his style. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking and about. And he, he'd mm. put, you know, road courses were a lot more fun when there were two of them and everybody but like six drivers sucked at him. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's no, very true. He's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. I mean, so how many road courses do we currently have on the schedule? Six, six. I think. Okay. So I remember when they added those and stuff and I remember saying, okay, you know, NASCAR wants to diversify its schedule more and stuff. I felt like, all right, if we're going to have more road courses, I feel like that's the perfect amount at the moment. So it's interesting to see the different uh, differing opinions on that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, now it's like, you know, drivers are more, you know, they're more skilled with road courses and stuff because we run yeah. them more. So I just hey, think it was interesting. I was interesting, like hearing Logano after the race kind of say that, hey, some road courses, like maybe we do need stage yellows back to keep the show entertaining. Dale Jr. on his podcast was already jumping ship saying, no, we need stage yellows back at road courses. I was shocked to hear. No, and, no. and well, but my point is, mm. like, no, I think that's fine. I think it was nice seeing this race play out a little more naturally. Yeah. The problem is the cars and to an extent, the drivers are just better than they used to be. That was the, the point I made on my show Sunday night was, you know, the next gen car was built like a sports car. It was built to corner better, to grip better at road courses. That's why it's, that's why the Chicago street course is happening. That's why they just went to Le Mans and were actually good. Like we're actually mm -hmm. really fast because the car is built for road racing. Whereas the charm of road racing in the past was that the cars weren't built for it. They wheel hop more. They didn't have as much grip. They, you know, they were bigger, heavier. I mean, this car is still big and heavy by general comparison, but it's, it's, it handles better than the previous cars did. And as a result, the drivers, because there's six of these races now, actually practice more. The teams emphasize it more. So the drivers are better. The cars are a whole lot better. And on paper, that sounds like, oh, everyone's better. That should be a better product. But not really. Now it looks like an IMSA race, whereas the charm, I think, of NASCAR road racing was guys screwing up and running into each other and spinning out. And that just doesn't really happen consistently, unless we're talking about turn one on a restart at Coda or Indianapolis, but that's a different issue. That's not a car. That's, that's just that's a drivers. issue. Yeah. My, my yeah. issue with their mindset on this with both Logano and Dale jr. Is you're falling into the same damn trap that NASCAR fell into with the gen six. Oh, the car sucks. 
let's change everything else but the car around it until it's too damn late <laughs> to yeah. try and make the show better. I don't you make the car better, the show will be better. Uh, it, we've we've seen it now for a year and a half that the road course and short track program which was supposed to be the part that got, you know, the best fixed. product and fixed yeah. has been the probably the lowest two rated products for the fans. Uh so I I again Fix the car. Do the hard work. Don't take the shortcut. That that would be my thing. I, I hate when people in the industry or when people who are commentators are like, well, let's just like add in this and add in this and add in that. Like stage stages in and of themselves don't have to be like with gimmicky cautions every race. If the car is good enough that the race is compelling enough to watch, you can still award the points during it. I think plenty of fans honestly like that better and like stage racing if that's how it is. The the yeah. issue is is the only time you do this is when the car isn't good <laughs> enough to support that kind of yeah. racing. And I think I think the fan base for the most part understands that. It's like, look, I mean, we asked for no stage cautions on the road courses and stuff, for no stage stoppages. So, you know, it's not gonna be entertaining for every single track, especially at Sonoma. I mean, like, I mean, just us coming, you know coming from the diehard fan perspective, you know, watching it for so many years, we already know Sonoma's gonna race a certain way. You know, it's going to race a certain way. It's going to be strategy. Noah Coleman in the chat just put more power. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like I was a lot of folks in the chat were saying increase the horsepower, which to be fair, yeah. Lamont, I think they had 750, maybe a little more than that horsepower in that car. And just proved like you 400 pounds lighter. Yeah, of course. But like yeah. the fact that the horsepower number was higher and the car lasted 22 hours before it had any major issues. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that tells me maybe we can up the horsepower sooner rather than later. Also, we know Goodyear is at least open to trying different tires out to try and reduce how much yeah. grip they have. So like they're aware of some of the issues. I just hope they have the nerve to implement them because I agree the car should change first. Let's not try to change the formats all over or anything else. Start with the cars and the tires start yeah. there. You got to fix all those combos first. Got to fix those first. And speaking of fixing something, Fox sports <laughs> there it's over. It is over now. Officially Fox sports closes out the 2023 season for both the cup and Xfinity series. You know what? Hey, I'll ask uh, somebody in the chat. I'll put a, a little poll while we uh, give our opinions and stuff. But fellas, Jared, I'll start off with you. Now that the Fox sports season for the cup and Xfinity series is officially over um, for 2023, just give me your overall thoughts on the broadcast. Did they uh, improve from 2022? And uh, do you see them sticking around for quite some time for the next TV deal? Well, I mean, if they're signed in for the TV deal, I think they'll be sticking around. But I, I'll, I'll say this: I think Fox overall is about the same as last year. I think some elements improved. Personally, I thought Clint Boyer, especially in the second half, was much, much better. He wasn't doing as much goofy stuff. He was actually being a little more analytical. Uh, he's not perfect. He he went from like a D plus to a C minus, but he went to being about an average commentator, about the lower end of it. Uh, but then he got like Mike Joy. Mike Joy made, especially towards the end, a lot of gaffes uh, and showed his age a little bit. Uh, so I, I think everything has sort of been leveled, uh, per se. It, it, they, they've kind of hit rock bottom, and it's a very far bottom. There's a lot that they have to do, and I'm really hoping this new deal that they fix it. Um, you know, the pit reporting, I thought, was honestly, it was pretty good. Uh, I think that they, their, their pit record, uh, pit reporting team has gotten better as they become more of like a better unit together. Um, pre-race was pretty awful as normal. Uh, <laughs> I thought the Xfinity series, honestly, has been a whole lot better. 
I, I think Adam Alexander, it, what, what Adam Alexander has proven by having somebody different in the booth with him just about every week is that he is probably one of the most versatile now commentators that NASCAR has seen in a while because he has to have chemistry with somebody almost every other week that's new. Um, so I honestly think that the, to, for the cup broadcast to improve, be more like the Xfinity broadcast. Cause they brought a lot of energy, still had fun, but didn't oversaturate it with jokes. Uh, so I would personally, I'd give the cup coverage probably a D or so. I don't think it was complete failure because there still was a lot of good elements that have been left over from Fox in the past. Uh, I'd give the Xfinity broadcast like a B, B minus personally. Uh, and then there's the trucks that we still have to watch. Yeah. I, yeah. I like yeah, Adam Alexander is great. I agree. He carries those Fox broadcasts uh, about as well as you possibly can. Um, I, I really agree with most, all of your analysis there. I'll give Fox credit. They ditched the cringe skits for the most part. They did this sort of towards the middle of last season too, but they didn't really bring any of them this year that I can remember. Mm-hmm. I also didn't watch a lot of pre-race uh, on Clint Boyer. I think he did improve as the year went on. He got better, especially when it comes to energy, um, and you're right. He wasn't as silly, goofy. He was a bit more analytical. My problem with Boyer is he just doesn't have like the right voice for TV or the pacing. I feel like he would interrupt. He definitely interrupts, uh, the other hosts or Mike joy more feels like sometimes he tries to add something and then doesn't actually say anything of substance. Like it's a lot of, yeah. you know, people joke like a drinking game. Every time Clint Boyer mentions someone has a bad, fast hot rod, you know, and then you know take a drink. He does do that a lot. A lot of times his analysis just devolves into he's got a bad looking hot rod. And it's like, well, that's that didn't add anything at all. Thank you. Um, Mike Joy, I agree. Like this week, you heard him mess up the Truex Hamlin Stewart finish at 2016 in 2016 a couple different times. He corrected it at one point. But, you know, I just think overall what we remember most is the booth. I think you know, we forget about the times the cameras missed a good replay of a crash or they cut away uh, the worst possible time to go. Didn't, commercial. Didn't, they didn't show certain things, you know? Yeah. Like there's, they, they missed the explosion at gateway yeah, for like the yeah. 50th millionth time in a row. Uh, you know, there's just little hiccups here and there. You just get the impression they're not putting quite their best foot forward or the same resources into it that they were 15 years ago or even 10 years ago. Um, but they did improve as the year went on. I, I'm excited to hear what Harvick and Boyer sound like in the booth together. I think they'll balance each other out very nicely. And since it'll be one, the same two people all year, they'll build good chemistry. You know, Mike Joy, my guess is 2024 is his final season. I hope he goes out with a bang. And once he retires from that, if he wants to, I hope someone gives him a podcast where he can just talk racing stories uninterrupted for a couple hours at a time. Cause that's what he would be best at at this point in his career. Yeah, I would like to hear Mike Joy's opinions. Like, and he would have some some pretty zesty opinions. He could probably dish on some some behind the scenes stuff we're not typically privy to. I would like to hear. Yeah, I'm sure that there's a a certain driver uh, who doesn't have any ties to really anyone anymore who would love to talk talk to Mike Joy at least once a week again. Lives a little north of us, Darren. D- Daryl, are you talking about Daryl Waltrip? Who are we yeah, about? I think Daryl Waltrip. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. You think Mike right. Joy and Daryl Waltrip wouldn't want to just shoot the shit for like an hour or maybe forty minutes a week on like a Zoom call or something? Like, I think that'd that would be, be awesome. That'd be interesting. Do you imagine or, the stories those two could tell just from the behind the scenes of the booth back in like the two thousands, twenty tens era? Mm-hmm. I feel like that that is a gold mine that is is yet yeah. to be touched yeah i would love an ex- exclusive conversation about the tv side of things and the media side of things i do think maybe i'm just 
because that's my background, but I would be fascinated by that. Yeah, yeah, I would like to hear Mike Joyce takes on like the current state of like everything that's going on within. Joe that Buck should replace Mike Joy. No. I see that. Oh in the chat. my God, Elliot, 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 Elliot. <laughs> if you've seen the video, that's you a great see edit. All the- <laughs> that's yeah, the one I did. Great. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot, yeah. Elliot, 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 Elliot wins. Yeah, that'd basically be it. <laughs> Oh man, but my thoughts on on the Fox coverage. I mean, at, let's like take a look at the poll. Um, yeah, see, basically mid. It was pretty much mid. Um, you know, you I went in expecting some cringy things and stuff. I mean, the Daytona 500 though. I remember people were just not ready for Fox Sports, bro. Because like after that, they were just like, I'm done. I've had it. I've had it. And after that, it was just like, wow, this is gonna be a long year well, for that, NASCAR. Fans. That poisoned the well from the start. I mean, when yeah. when you have. I'm looking at it now when you have 8 million with a peak over like what 10 11 million people most of whom because we look at the other numbers so most of those people coming in either to oh let's see how NASCAR is doing or complete casual fans and they just see a complete joke broadcast for the Super Bowl of NASCAR that that from the start I think heavily weighs down the grade mm mm-hmm. mhm my favorite, uh, the moment that I will remember the most of this season from Fox was, I think it was Wilkesboro. You hear Clint Boyer say, they're on, on board with somebody. Okay, stay with me here. I want you to hear how he throttles up off the corner. Stay with me. And they cut away, and you hear Boyer like either throw his pen or something in the background. <laughs> like, dang it. <laughs> that was the best part. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you about Daytona. It, it, I, I think fundamentally, like we talked about the broadcast a lot because that's the most in-our-face part of the broadcast. And that is a very important part. But more than anything, come 2025 especially, we just need to rethink what a NASCAR TV broadcast looks like. With all the commercial interruptions for the biggest races, there's got to be a smarter, less intrusive, more innovative way to do the same thing. To still get your sponsors happy, to still you know recoup the money you need to justify buying the rights to NASCAR. There's got to be a better way that doesn't that doesn't seem so antiquated and outdated because it is just, it's way too jarring and it's going to prevent NASCAR from reaching the younger demographic. Yeah. You got to figure that out for the next TV deal. I'll finish off on this. I will say the one thing that was completely different for me, experiencing it as a viewer this year compared to ever before. This was the first time I muted the TV and just put on the radio broadcast instead. Isn't the radio broadcast good? I mean, shout yeah, out to I, MRN I put, and, and No, I put PRN on. Yeah. It was Atlanta. Yeah, both are great. Yeah, and, both are and, great. And all I had to do was pause the race for four seconds to line it up based on the PRN broadcast online. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, it was a, it was probably the most fun experience I had with a broadcast because they covered everything. Like, yeah. at one point, they're like, so-and-so goes down pit road. And I'm like waiting for them. Like, oh, they'll show it on the screen. It was like. One lap goes by, two laps go by, three laps go by. And then they show a replay. Oh, yeah, this dude went on pit road for a flat tire. Like, you know, we might have needed to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been known. Yeah, it would have been great. would have been great. But, but yeah, hey, look, another year in the books for Fox Sports. Um, good luck to them for 2024. We'll see if they improve. I don't, I don't know. I, one can hope. One can hope, right? Like baby steps, right? Baby steps. But we'll see. We'll see. But anyways... Um, to close out um, their broadcast, though, um, got to go over the ratings here. So I got to pull them up on the itinerary. I'll go over them really quick. The TV ratings for last weekend's Sonoma race, the, the overall rating was a 1.65. It was up 27% from the 2022 race on FS1 and a total of just a little over 2.9 million viewers also 
a 30% increase from last year's race as well. Both and were on uh, FS1, though. yeah, both, yes, both were on FS1. And uh, as for the key demographic, 500, just a little over 500,000, 517,000 to be exact, making up for 18%. So, so I, Look, to, sorry, to be clear, this year's race was on Fox. Last year's was FS1. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, I actually been keeping track, you know, as I always do. Um, I don't, I didn't put together the full ratings, just channels. Fox this year, as Big Fox, was down twelve percent. But interestingly enough, if I'm correct on this, yes, they were actually higher than twenty twenty one. So it was not rock hmm. bottom by any means, like some were saying. And actually, in comparable races to last year, FS FS one was up two percent. Which I was surprised okay. by. Now, it was surprising that cable was up. No, why do you think it's that is? It's because all the Fox races were the beginning of the year when Chase Elliott. Yeah, was I was about to say. I was about <laughs> to say. I'm like, part of it. Yeah, like that, that's definitely a part of it. Um, well, I mean, yeah. I think part of it too is you got the Daytona 500 that was down about 700,000 viewers year over year. Yeah, um, that was still just like I, I, shocking. I would say, like with the star power with Johnson with Pastrana, like I'm shocked yeah. that this year's race was down. Yeah, I that much. I, I and and remember every race before that the ratings were up, mm-hmm. uh, the duels were up. I believe the Xfinity race attendance for up. attendance for trucks and Xfinity were as high as I'd seen it in several years at least. Yeah. To, to me, it just continues to prove the point that I've been trying to make is that the core base is there. Like it's solidified. We have a core base that's accepted NASCAR as it is now. The marketing to get other people in is not working. The the casual the the uh, mainstream pull is not there. And it's either NASCAR, the networks, or all of them combined, drivers, whoever, somebody needs to start doing something different because it's not bringing the new people and it's just bringing the people who have always been there. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So we'll see what they can do to improve in the future. And stuff, I will you know. say the um, the fact that 18% of the viewership was in the key demo, the younger demo, I was hoping that number would be a little higher because of, Lamont, I mean, yeah, I don't expect just one race. You know, it takes time to really change people's viewing habits and bring in consistent new fans. But I was hoping because yeah. of the number of young people it seemed that were seeing NASCAR all weekend, all week leading up, I was hoping there'd be a little bit of higher percentage tuning into Sonoma. But you know, it's also it's big fox. I don't know. Kids these days aren't watching big big fox as much as they're watching TikTok and YouTube, which is where Lamont was seen all weekend. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, we got another ratings. Uh, we got some more ratings to go over from the old, the one, the only, the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, go over the poll ratings for you. Got it. Last you tell me how the, how we did. Oh, this week. see, I, do I gave it to you, buddy. That's right. I do it on the channel. That's yeah, right. I gave it to you. So anyways, the poll, poll ratings. Eight percent of you thought this was a great race. I didn't know Truex um, had that many fans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Toyota, yeah, but, uh, Toyota does. Yeah, compared to some <laughs> other races, though. Oh gosh, it's pretty low compared to some other races. But third of y'all thought this was a good race with a net positivity of 38. percent Now, 46 of y'all thought this was average, including myself. Just another typical average Sonoma race. But meanwhile. 11% thought it was below average, followed by 5% thinking it was bad, totaling for a net negative um, percentage of 16%. So, 
Yeah. Um, so this, where does that rank among the uh, the net the uh, the net negative for this year's races, Jared? Do you uh, know that right away? Pretty high. I don't have I don't have the numbers on me, but it's pretty high. Could you say at least top five? Oh, easily. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's probably there top five of those. I, yeah. I didn't see. I just didn't think it was that bad of a race. Like you're saying, Darren, it was a very typical Sonoma race, which isn't. I mean, they're rarely see, a lot of fireworks, but it was, a worse race was the 2018 Sonoma race because Truex was ahead by like I think 13, 14 seconds. That one, that was crazy. I, I was just relieved that we didn't get a bunch of restarts at the end and a bunch of dumbasses driving in four wide and wrecking guys like Truex who deserved the win. Like, yeah, I, I was glad we I'm didn't glad. have Coda. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, glad Coda didn't, didn't happen again. Yeah, I'm now Coda was happen. Coda was a really good race before all the crazy restarts. Mm-hmm. Sonoma wasn't as good as that. But I'm just glad it didn't devolve the way Coda did. Yeah, I'd rather have an average race just finish out average than turn into some shit show, basically. Yeah. Well, looking at the comments here, uh, I'll say this. Uh, Spencer Purcell was the first commenter. Uh, buddy, your comment's pretty long, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna shout you out. Uh, but I do want to try. <laughs> I do want to read uh, the second uh, one that popped up. Uh, it is a bit shorter. I, I apologize. It's just I. I don't think people don't like when I read. I'm not good. At people reading. are posting their own podcast episodes in the, in the comment section. <laughs> remember when like, we used to get like the ingredients for chicken noodle soup. Yeah. I, I miss that. I yeah. need some new dinner ideas. We got yeah. the whole Wikipedia pages. To- yeah, so, somebody give me a Wikipedia page. I'll at least shout that part out. But anyway, yeah. uh, the next one was from Isaac E 24. Was it positive, negative, or meme? Uh, I'm going to go with meme. Negative. McDowell. I'm going to win this race. One pit stop later, McDowell. I'm never letting you boys cook again. It really, <laughs> I mean, they gave up a ton of points too. I mean, well, not a ton, but I mean, they gave up a few there. That was definitely a meme, yeah. but it was kind of negative yeah. on McDowell. So yeah, I got yeah, ha- half a point. <laughs> yeah, kind of got you get a You get a half a brownie point. Yay. <laughs> uh, looking at some of these other ones here as they pop up. Uh, Combat Racer says, Front Row Motorsports is one good pit crew away from being a yearly playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Your front mm-hmm. row's pit crew, they made up the low lights because it was Zane Smith's 38 pit crew that yeah, caused the first caution. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Landon, let's see. Landon Dinkins9538 says, this year's road course package has gotten way better if you ignore the end to, coat the, uh, to the Coda race. Uh, it has improved a lot, and it seems easier to pass. A little better than last year, maybe. Yeah. I mean, again, Coda was good until the end. Yeah. Uh, Sonoma mm-hmm. is Sonoma. So I think what's next? Like Chicago, you won't know. But like, I feel like Watkins Glen will be the test because that's probably been the best, yeah. most steady road course throughout NASCAR's history, at least recent history. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we like, won't know for sure until then. I feel like it doesn't matter what type of package you have for Sonoma and stuff. Like, even with like the Gen 4s and stuff, you know, it was sort of similar racing, it felt like, you know, but yeah, just me. Uh, Let's see, Marshall Griffin nine one two five, who has the podcast party buses profile pick. Oh, it's nice, nice. I love seeing those. I love seeing the the cars and stuff too. That's awesome. Uh, he put this felt like an F one race. Yeah, did, uh, did, did it? Did it for y'all? Did it for a y'all few race? more lead changes than you see in F one these days? But still, yeah, yeah, that's what. I, that's why it I didn't, didn't feel like asleep. it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it didn't feel like it to wasn't me. Wasn't it eight but... o'clock in the morning? Netflix no, didn't yeah. ask me if I was still watching. You know what? And I just thought about that. That's such a bad combo too. It's like that's an underrated joke, Jared. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. But that's an underrated that that's such a bad combo. I realized like F one just being so spread out, and you got to watch it sometimes at three in the morning. Like yeah, that Mm. combo. (laughs) Uh, Isaac Perez says, 
Uh, that rhymed. Uh, and he didn't say that. I said that. Uh, he said, I'd love to see NASCAR race at Laguna Seca. Sonoma is such a mid-track for not only NASCAR, but other racing series in general. Thank God for no BS stage cautions, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess IndyCar, when you look at their history there, I don't really, I don't know, nothing really sticks out I, to me. But... I honestly really liked COT and early Gen 6 races at Sonoma. I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Um, when Robbie Gordon finished second back in 2009, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. 2009 or? Or 2010, one of those years. Yeah, one of those was years. Was 2007 that he was up there, like, leading the whole race? I think so. I could have sworn one of those years he finished runner-up in the seven, I think. I could be wrong, though. I, one of the yeah, I, right now, it's, but... it's been, like, 15 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I remember no some I remember some decent moments in the COT era, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see some other ones a little further down here. <laughs> Sick Freak 6077 says, Darn race kept interrupting my commercials. <laughs> it did feel like a lot of commercials, but that'll happen when there's no yellows and yeah. you're on Fox. Yeah, they got to run something. So. Uh, yeah. so Andrew Meyer here, he always leaves uh, his race rankings throughout the year, and I haven't been able to see him as much through comments because we have so many where's, comments where's this rank <laughs> um looking 16th out of 20 oh, okay uh, so it's not dead last all right it's ahead of the two duels the martinsville race and <laughs> the all-star race oh yeah the, the duels race. race is last okay okay but he had the duels ranked i was shocked <laughs> his so, top three yeah. which this is going to be interesting for later is first is kansas Second okay. is the 600. The interesting one for later in the show we'll talk about. Third is the Bristol Dirt Race. Ah, that's, yeah. that'll be perfect. It'll be perfect to talk about later. Yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, Mr. Microwave here says, Pain as a McDowell fan, a fellow McDowell fan. Wait, Mr. Microwave. He, he still got a top 10, though. It's yeah, all but good. He, was, he should have finished second. Like, yeah. like, if, like, watching that race, he was the only one who could really – I would say, okay, the only one out of other than Kyle Busch who really actually kept pace with Truex for at least part of a run. Uh, See, there was no beating Truex. I'm, I'm sorry. He deserved to win that. But, dude, I mean, at this pace, he's going to point his way in, I feel like. I feel like he's gonna, a couple things are going to go his way. So y'all still got time. I don't know, man. Like Even at 80%, Bowman and that 48 team are strong still. Like They're still consistent. Uh, let's get down to the bottom, the gutter comments here oh gosh yeah the gutters <laughs> these are funny oh. all right master cars uh, master carl says don't watch no more since cable over 200 a month and fox only runs races on fox really i thought they ran them on nbc what so huh? don't okay. care okay <laughs> But you got enough for the internet. <laughs> he could have watched. That's the point. Is he could have watched this race. Everyone, you can get Fox with a. Yeah, that's what I'm Don't saying. Don't you know Fox only runs races on Fox and it's God. cable. So I've heard. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. Then, All right. Uh, TMB says road courses are boring, and this car and package specifically are terrible. But having a non-gimmicky race was refreshing, at least. I, that's not the most negative comment we've Yeah, had. that yeah. wasn't even that bad. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. The lowest one, even though it has five upvotes, is Ross Crash Stain. What? what did you do, Ross? What'd you do? It's yeah. just your normal Truex win. Nothing to see here. 
Oh, <laughs> I guess I guess what he's saying is like, oh, it's just another boring Truex win because I guess like I I don't know like whenever he wins he just dominates. He he does do that a lot. He's known for that. Yeah, and I I I, I want to watch the last couple races of the year, but man, those NBC races are only on NBC. Oh no, <laughs> what, what are we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the poll. Yes, and that'll do it for this edition of the famous Iceberg Poll the nascar weekly podcast and we are just a little over 10 minutes before we reach the top of the hour so we got time to get this in um they also ran an xfinity race of course um now i was working the fairgrounds with idk player uh trolling some chase elliott fans in the process yeah, why, why, don't you, why don't you fill everyone in on that oh right gosh there. so there's that so if you guys don't know i've been doing stuff at the fairgrounds me and idk player have um since last year and um, I do post-race interviews as well as I organize the Victory Lane stuff. So I'm the boss when I'm down there. So you got to listen to me. And, you know, I got to do the banners and the interviews and all that stuff. It's like, hey, let's get out, you know, ASAP so we can get this done, right? <laughs> so he gets out the car. Um, it's a Legends driver. He just got out the car and stuff. And I was like, oh, look at that. That's a cool-looking, gold-looking uh, Chase Elliott font he had on his uh, Legends car. And I was like, hey, he didn't have to right-hook anybody to win. Awesome. And then... I laughed a little bit. Now I couldn't hear. Well, no, I couldn't hear <sighs> any reactions or whatever. But IDK told me that there were so many people shaking their heads and stuff, just like wow. <laughs> and then, and I got I got told by a couple people afterwards. They were like, "Dude, you have like giant balls." Man. Like I kid you <laughs> not. Like like I don't know. It's just you know, it's just I'm you know I'm there to have fun. I'm there to have fun. I so can't believe that. That's what I was doing <laughs> well, there. That's uh, what I was doing. If according to uh, everyone for about the last year. I will say from the uh, leader of the Chase Elliott haters, I approve you trolling. <laughs> like, like, dude, like, I mean, Chase Elliott, fans, they do it to every other driver. Like, I mean, like, you remember when Bubble Wallace had his thing or whatever? I saw so many fans say, like, like, come on now. Just have some fun, y'all. It's all good. Like, Chase Elliott's back. He got P5. You know, he can't point his way in anymore. That would have been an awesome I mean, story. But, you know, he can still win. He's only going to win. out. <laughs> Oh well, actually, never he mind. He made up he fourteen points this weekend. <laughs> All right, well, never, does that every week? He'll make it. Never say never. Then that's to be crazy, but but yeah. So, anyways, I couldn't watch the Xfinity race because of that. So, Eric, uh, Jared, I'll have you guys fill me in. Eric, you start us off. Just yeah. What happened? I, what happened? I should have uh, told. I forgot to brief you guys on this before the show. I was at a wedding. I did not see the Xfinity oh, race I either. Forgot. I legit have not gone back and watched it. I have no clue what happened. I know Eric Almarola won, and I keep hearing people say Larson choked. I have not confirmed that so for myself. He, he hit the tires thing, the tire barriers from what I can say. Is, is that what happened, Jared? He just hit the tire barriers, and that's, yeah. Uh, and he kind of, like, overcooked the corner, too. Uh, I, I'll be real. I was watching it on my phone while I was at the Rockford Speedway. Oh, we were all doing something. Oh, my God. The first yeah. ever race at Sonoma in the Xfinity well, Series, and none of us could give two hell like anything well, about it. To be fair, that start time is kind of ridiculous. I can understand just because you know they didn't didn't want the drivers to be overheated for tomorrow. Some running double duty, but or for the previous day of racing, or for the next day of racing, excuse me. But, but I, I, yeah, it's eight p.m. Eastern time. Like, damn. But the, like, I mean, the big <laughs> thing is is Almirola got the win, which I immediately had my phone blown up about. Yeah. Um, in a in a seed car no less yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's it was, i think it was stuart haas prepared from what i read but you know it's still it's, still, it's still a crazy. w yeah it's still a w for that team that's, that's what's great up. yeah that's yeah, what's up and I, yeah. I, i'm sorry if there's 
I, I'll watch every race I can, but man, if you're ending Xfinity and truck races around 10 p.m., dude, like don't yeah. don't be surprised if instead I go Here. and watch some freaking trailer races, man. I'll put it like this: We were just wrapping up the, at the fairgrounds, and then I had two fans come up to me and say, "Hey, great job tonight! Thanks." As I was uh, as I was uh, packing up to leave, they're like, uh, "You want to watch the last three laps of the Xfinity race?" I'm like, "Oh, it's still on." They're like, "Yeah." <laughs> at so least you two were doing racing related things. I was not. I I slacked off this weekend when it comes to Xfinity. Oh, so you were spending time with the you know the old family. I was at a, a wedding. I didn't really know very many people. Oh, I made a lot oh. of new friends, I <laughs> well, guess. Um, and there you go. New friends being more well, social and I, stuff. I, I'd, I'd invite you to come to the trailer races next weekend, but this was the last one ever. Oh, oh, man. Well, they, they went to bring out the mood down, Jerry. They went out with a banger, though, because that <laughs> yeah. place was a mess. They literally broke the wall. It was the second time in yeah. 75 years the Speedway ever broke the wall. One of I, I'm going to get the video set up for next weekend. And we'll watch. I'll, I'll show you like about a minute of it uh, after the lightning round next week. Uh, but there was one of them who basically ran himself off a trailer, launched himself in the air, and went through the signs oh in turn God. three. You guys have been there. You know how tall those yeah. signs are. Took Damn. them completely out. Uh, there was a dude with the the hot tub that was full of water. That didn't last too long. Uh, a few people got stuck in their cars with the cockpits on fire, and the the person that was announcing is just like. Don't worry, the fire's out, and we just see it like getting bigger. We're like, no, it's not. So can <laughs> hey, hey, so uh, so chat, can you tell we uh we were so invested in the Xfinity race? <laughs> oh, we all knew it was like the one leech race of the year. Like at one point, yeah. I looked and like the top six were all cup and, guys. And Larson, Larson was like nearly a second faster than the field in practice and qualifying. So it was yeah. just looking and, like, good. but then he choked it away. No, 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 no. You. You oh, yeah. had to go and be like, Larson's unstoppable. Nothing will beat him now. Well, I had to do something, right? Because, you know, people had, I mean, people assume I have these like mythical powers and you stuff. Do. So I'm like, uh, let me, let me play the stick. I'm like, I, I'm not, I, I no, didn't do anything. No, I, I didn't do anything. beside me and Slap just puts his phone next to me and goes, how the hell does he do it? I, and hey, then, that is and perfect. And then, Imp sent him a message saying the same damn thing about you. Oh, even Imp was talking about. Hey, look, it's a perfect. Hey, it's a perfect bit. I'm just playing up the bit. I, I don't do anything. Y'all are acting like I'm self well, The Bit like is nothing. reality. It, did, it didn't work on Truex though this week. I saw yeah, that. It didn't. It didn't. You know, it's very hit or miss sometimes. But hey, you know what? And and you know what? It was to my own detriment because I picked Larson to win. So I, if he would have won, I was like, but you know what? I have to play the bit role, and look what happened. So there you go. But yeah, the the Xfinity Series race happened at Sonoma. Um, that is a race we will uh, pretty just, much forget about right now. I, was just thinking, <laughs> I, I think I, I still have to watch it. I, <laughs> I think this is the first time ever. I I think Danny was busy on Sunday too, or Saturday night too. I think. Oh, so we were all busy. <laughs> I think it's the first oh. time none of us actually saw it. This is oh, like it's just this yeah. is like one of those like eclipses that only happens once or like Haley's comet or whatever. It only yeah. happens like once in a hundred years. But here's the thing: yeah. we all had legit reasons for why we couldn't, though. That's the that's the thing. That's okay. Okay. I so did watch okay. about because I didn't have anything to do during the day on Saturday, so I did watch like seven or eight hours of Le Mans, which yeah. is a, yeah. by far a record for me. So I'll give myself that that pat yeah. on the back. I saw I that guess, um, a poor mm-hmm. gecko got taken out in the line of anthony alfredo fire oh they get, yeah they got oh, the yeah. car back to the shop after his practice crash like yeah, there's, right. there's a poor little gecko in there and i got a pet gecko so it's sad 
Damn, that's crazy. But that was even crazier that the throttle just hung like that. You don't really see that, that too a, often. Maybe, the whole right side door like sheared yeah, off. Yeah. Maybe during Super Chats. How about this? During the second round of Super Chats, I'll bring my very much living gecko out. Her yeah. name's Lil Dude. Okay. Lil Dude. Yeah, yeah Lil bring dude. Lil Dude. She has yes. a permanent smile, too. And not like a creepy Joker one, but like an actual. Like her face is just in a nice little. With teeth? Mm. No teeth. No, just, <laughs> no just, teeth. just adorable little gecko. Yeah, bring little dude out. And you know what? We might as well get into it now. But yeah, the Xfinity race happened. We're never going to talk about this race ever again. But yeah, it was the first <laughs> Sonoma race at Xfinity. Yeah, I, I don't know. Finish. Just because we didn't see horrible. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a horrible race. It's just we didn't see it, though. So yeah. at least most yet we spent time. eight minutes talking about it somehow. Yeah. Look at us. I, I had to stretch it out. I had to stretch it out to damn near the top of the hour, right? So we are close to the top of the hour, which means we are at the first Super Chat stage break. So uh, we've gotcha. got a few super chats. So uh, once I uh, begin reading them off, uh, start the timer. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Napa Racing Fan 927, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Poll. Oh, I guess he wants me to put this as a poll, maybe. He says, um, it says, poll, how many road courses? A, none. B, I hate them. C, uh, or no, excuse me. Yeah, well, yeah. A, none. Um, B, I, I hate them. C, Sonoma and the Glen only. And then D, Less than six. Hmm. I think. Biased. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting options considering two of them are road courses suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'll go with. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. That's kind of tough. I mean, I guess yeah. I'd go with less than six. Let's yeah. Four. Yeah. Four less than six. Yeah, yeah. Four or five. Four or five. I'll take that. And then Spencer, Spencer Purcell with the um, BFM channel membership. And he's been a member for two years, 24 months. That's awesome. Yes. And he says, two years? What the heck? is a is a kilometer <laughs> oh man thank you so much for being a member for two years bro really appreciate it and then jimmy uh, lios with the with the ten dollar super chat hi guys that was a great race from sunday also darian you did a great job finishing in the top 15 of the nr cup series race and good job for Jarrett commentating the race from last night after the super chat stage break we'll talk about that for a little bit um, and then Dom, the race fan five with the five or no, excuse me, Dom, the race fan with the five dollar super chat, excuse me, there uh, says looking at Ross um, Chastain, I don't think he'll ever need that talk. It's not an issue for him. OK, yeah. No did you know, did you see the part where he lifted Logano came down and was about to wreck himself in front of the whole field and Chastain lifted? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that. I mean, those smart. I mean, yeah. Starting to change, starting to change up a little bit. Isaac with the five dollar super chat, um, with um with, el el mental el el mental I think that's what it says with well, el mental mental the latest Pixar film releasing this weekend. Time to remind everyone. El elemental. elemental. Excuse me. Yes. Time to remind everyone. Uh, Ratatouille is overrated. Not oh, <laughs> bringing that old meme back. Bringing is that old meme back. Is it? It's not a bad yeah. movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. No. No. I like it. No. I like it. I like it uh hunter nixon fishing with the five dollar super chat guess we can put the mtj retirement rumors to bed yeah absolutely yeah, maybe. absolutely yeah. we can yes we can and it's nothing with the five dollar super chat weekly question with no race this sunday what is the best race to go back and watch to satisfy my eternal boredom hmm. for me it's going to be the xfinity race you know what <laughs> for pure for pure entertainment purposes the 2005 coca-cola 600 it's long there's a lot of wrecks yeah. great racing as well during um, when there was green flag racing you know 
There you go. Uh, let's see. I'll say 2009 Sylvania 300 is pretty good. I've been rewatching the 09 season, and I recently saw it, and I'm like, wow. I thought this race was good. I didn't realize it was this good. Isn't, didn't Junior get taken out in that? Yeah, but Rudiman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, but, hey, hey, I'm not going to spoil the winner because it, it, this, this race did happen almost 15 years ago. Yeah. Then Eric, what do you think, Eric? Uh, I, I I was literally joking that I would do the Xfinity race, but oh, okay, uh, okay. as far as any race to pick, I I don't know. <laughs> Take any of them. It's a lot. A Kenzie yeah. win. Let's just just say sure. a Kenzie win. There you go. There you go. Twenty twelve yeah. Talladega. <laughs> Let's do the twenty sixteen Dover race. Had that great finish. There you go. There you go. It's a good one. I don't remember the rest of the race, but I had a good finish. <laughs> oh, it had the Johnson blowing a shift or something. Yeah, yeah that yeah. too. All right, I'll read a couple more here. Isaac with the one with the uh, channel membership, um, been a member for one month. Thank you so much. Uh, wish McDowell still had the ninety five for McQueen from from Cars. I oh, okay, okay, it's still Michael McQueen. Drove. Yeah, Michael oh. McQueen. There you go, Michael McQueen. And then Edible Giraffe fifty nine with the five dollar super chat. So have we established yet who's the new face of Toyota? Have we? Have we at this point? Or I kind of thought still it was up in between the air? Hamlin and Truex. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I feel like it is. If, I guess if, Christopher Bell was in the championship four last year. If you want it yeah. on a marketing side, I guess you could say Bubba Wallace because marketing wise, he's probably the highest yeah. Toyota guy. Yeah, for marketing, but I guess driver wise, Truex right now, just based off. Of I mean, points. just seniority and you know results. It's it's got to be Truex. He's the only mm-hmm. champion, right? Right in the yeah. Toyota pipeline right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Give him that. Give, give it to Truex. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, the Super Chats yeah, just did the same about, thing. Well, you're you're oh. past the three minutes anyway. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, yeah. They did that thing with me where, like, it, like, spikes up and down and stuff right randomly. It's weird. But, but yeah. But, anyways, that'll do it for the first Super Chat stage break. And before we head into the lightning round, we just need to talk about just one more race. Last night's NR Cup Series finale. Jarrett, talk about that for a brief moment. First off, for me, that was an awesome race to join last minute. Only my second start of the season. Was able to finish top 15, but Demos is the champion. But that was honestly the greatest iRace I've ever been a part of. And I'm not exaggerating. For those who didn't watch, explain just, you know, what took place. Well, for uh, we had two races on my channel for it, but for those who are kind of out of the loop, we do me and IDK player do a uh, iRacing series called the NR Cup Series. Uh, 10 races and just full season championship and all that. So last night was a championship race. Uh, in all honesty, the championship fight ended up being a dud, uh, <laughs> which we kind of figured it would because Demos had been far and away the best. No matter what, he would have won it. Um, but the finish itself was actually really fun. Actually, I do have it if people want to see the last laps or so. Oh, you can play that? Yes, yes, uh, please. But yes, please. To, to kind of give you guys a little rundown of what happened leading up to this. Uh, we'd had a relatively clean night. Actually, speaking of that Johnson crash at Dover, we'd had a very similar restart crash mm-hmm. uh, earlier on, but it ended up becoming a fuel mileage race towards the end. Uh, and there, all the leaders were saving. It was really fun. Well, I'll play it really quick. I'll probably mute our, our mics for a moment. That way I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not blowing out everyone's mic while we're, we're going in this, but here we go. Let me, where'd it go? There it is. All right, here we go. I'll show it to you guys, and I'll shut up. They're even again. He's going to go ahead and send it. Pace and main squeeze might not need to. This Red Bull has been absolutely perfect all night long. There he goes, and he's going to sing 
Yeah, so that was that was pretty much it. That was the finish. Uh, funny thing is, Mavic, the guy in the 42, uh, ran out of fuel on the front stretch, too. So that's what cost him the win. But... What are the odds, though, of that happening? One guy's running out of fuel, and then the other guy just ran out of fuel as he's about to pass the dude for the win. That's just that's spectacular. No gimmicks or nothing. But it was a lot, no, of, so. it was a lot of fun, and it actually opens the door, and I can now kind of fill everybody in on this because we finally have a date set for this. So mark you guys' calendars. We do have every year a race that we do uh, that is the NWP 400. This year, the NWP 400 will be on August 22nd, Tuesday night, right before the podcast that week on Daytona week. Going to be a lot of fun. Going to have probably, I won't say how much yet, still getting that all figured out, but Mm -hmm. a pretty big winner's prize. Uh, and we want to see all of you in the chat for that. We're going to have a ton of fun. It's on IDK players channel. Uh, and then we're going to have an encore presentation. I believe that Thursday where we premiere it on the NWP clips channel too. So if you miss it on the live view, we'll still have it on another channel too. That way multiple people will be able to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, there you see it now on the bottom line, August 22nd. And then the next night will be on Danny's channel. Uh, but should be a lot of fun, and we should we should be having a lot of people that you might recognize in that race too. Because if I'm not mistaken, there are really no other major i racing events going on. So really, I'll be there. We can. Yeah, I'll be in it. Darian will be in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be commentating. Uh, Eric, you and Danny will be in the chat. We'll all have you guys be the hype men going mm-hmm. for it in the chat. Uh, fun. It should be fun. 160 laps at Daytona. It it, it should be a fun night. But figured. Now is a perfect time to say it, and uh, now I probably won't shut up about it for two months. <laughs> Matt, well, I'm glad we officially announced it now, but yeah, look out in late August for the, uh, what is it, the third running of the NWP 400. Yeah, third yeah. year in a row. Wow. I remember the first year we did it, too. That was fun. That was an awesome race, well, and last year's race was awesome. For $1,000, too, and we might actually yeah this year. It's, yeah. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one, indeed. But, hey, wouldn't be possible without the fans supporting it. So thank you guys so much for watching. And now we are about to move on. We've had some, it's been a bit of a cloudy day here, but um, I haven't seen any thunder. But what I've heard is a little bit of it's the lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap for tonight on this beautiful off week? Uh, well, seeing how it's the off week in this edition of reading off Adam Stern's Twitter. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I just I realized <laughs> I when I was like, going huh? through it that half of this is from Adam. Hey, Stone, but it's not. He too, puts in the work. 
Well, it's not honestly not too much stuff this week. Uh, NASCAR is a new merchandise licensee with the Australian retailer Universal Store. Uh, so NASCAR really trying to branch out to different countries because this is, I believe, the second week in a row we've talked about different brands that are that yeah are big in other places. So hey, props to them. <laughs> trying. Has anyone trying. has anyone gotten any of the new Abercrombie and Fitch? Uh, Fitch no, I'm not buying that NASCAR. I'm sorry. I love NASCAR. I'm not. I'm not wearing that though. You never. Gonna what if it's like it. the only not ugly NASCAR shirt? Uh, uh maybe maybe but i haven't i haven't worn that i haven't worn them in oh god middle school but <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> well the daytona international speedway may be the temporary home for the jacksonville jaguars as their stadium is being renovated this according and, to adam stern as well and it's kind of it's kind of perfect timing because the jags they're kind of looking like dark horse super bowl contenders eventually they're one of the teams on the rise so that'd be pretty cool if they played at daytona that'd be awesome it'd be amazing if their super bowl if they won the super bowl if that super bowl winning season was all taking place uh, at daytona. Day, daytona yeah they do the, the championship parade around daytona international yeah. speedway <laughs> imagine the afc championship game being played at daytona. at daytona yo that'd be crazy wouldn't it that'd be that'd be that'd be cool though too like that'd be some future stuff. My vote to put the Super Bowl update. I'm kidding. No, it's too yeah. close well, to hey, 500. Well, hey, you know, you know the uh, the uh, the famous Milwaukee one, uh, uh, the famous Milwaukee Mile once hosted an NFL championship game. So, oh. yeah, I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last two things here. Uh, we'll get through mm-hmm. them real quick. Lama was up 59 percent in viewership from last year. They got 161 thousand on average for like the entire 24 hours in America, compared yeah. to 101 thousand last year, and. If you want to go to the Phoenix finale, you're not going to be in the grandstands because they're <laughs> sold out again. Hey, and props to, hey, look, there's a reason why Phoenix continues to, you know, to host the championship races, stuff like that. I mean, it's mid-June and they're already sold out for the championship race. So It's always good to see them selling this out months in advance. That's yeah. always cool. Yeah, so that's great. Wasn't it? During the year last year when it sold out too? I think it was like maybe two or three months out maybe I, last year. I, no, I looked last year. It was also, I think it was actually late May last year. So it was around oh. the same time. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. I know I, the year before might have been later. It, this was early, it felt like, but I don't think it was as early as last year. Okay. okay. I knew it was earlier than at least one of them. But that uh, that is a lightning round. And that's the way for this edition of the famous lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show. And really quick to answer Jake's question. No, me and Jared are not Nashville Predators fans. Go Knights, champions of the world. Las Vegas. I guess if my default is the Blackhawks, I don't know. There you go. But yeah, Golden Knights, champions of the world. I don't watch hockey. Uh, The the Rockford Ice Hogs. There you go. (laughs) There you go. But imagine being like a a fan of like a franchise that's been around for 50 years and just zero titles in this like (laughs) Vegas. And there's two two Stanley Cup trips. Bro, I'm a Vikings fan. I know. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) But hey, it's hockey. This is hockey. So it's not football. It's different. Can't spell skull without no. (laughs) <laughs> at least he can joke about it at least he could joke well, about what it, am right? i supposed to do actually yeah, be mad like yeah. hey, it is hey, what it are. is dude I'm, a, dude I'm a cubs <laughs> fan like it could be worse and you get it you get it but not but anyways happen, though. just wanted to answer jake's question but yep go vegas but anyways back to the uh um nascar news we still got some stuff to talk about before we um do uh the um 55 through 51 on our top 75 cup series drivers list we got to talk about schedule rumors and possible expansion talk. Yeah. 
So, and, and Jared just talked about this in the lightning round. I mean, NASCAR has really been going all out and stuff recently. We're trying to expand and also trying out some different things on their schedule. <clears throat> so here are the rumors for what the future schedule holds. So right now, um, Dirt Bristol is rumored to not be on Easter, but it could be replaced with an Easter, um, with an Easter uh, points race at North Wilkesboro. Um, there is a 10-year plan um, for uh, North Wilkesboro, according to Adam Stern. So, uh, fellas, Eric, I'll start off with you. Uh, we had talked about, you know, the potential of Dirt Bristol not coming back. I had stated from the very beginning, I think it's going to stay on there. Otherwise, Bristol is not going to have two dates. They have proved that hey, they'll take one yeah. off and stuff. So, I mean, so what are your thoughts about this uh, potential uh, schedule swap? And like, where, and uh, where do you think uh, Dirt Bristol would fit on the schedule? I mean, would well, that be a, the new all-star race maybe? Or Jordan Bianchi said uh, Bristol Dirt's gone. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, oh. it. Which tells me, and that he's not reporting that. He says he feels very strongly or he's very confident that Bristol Dirt is out. Okay. Which, uh, I mean... Hmm. this should have maybe been my hot take but i i'm like disappointed to hear yeah, that if that is yeah. the case yeah me uh, too. you mentioned i don't remember who it was one of our commenters had bristol dirt as one of their top three favorite races of the year i don't know if i'd go quite that high for me but it's probably top five this year it was a great race bristol yeah. dirt it took them three years year one you know racing it during the daytime uh had mm -hmm. its issues year two they got some help from sort of rain coming and going that helped them pack the track in but still wasn't perfect year three it was perfect Year three, NASCAR looked like they'd been racing on dirt for decades. They never mm -hmm. stopped, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that told me that, you know, we, if anything, need more dirt races even. Go to Eldora. Go bring the cup cars to Knoxville. Like, you can do it now. Maybe maybe three's too many, but you want to take, you want the teams and drivers to take dirt racing seriously. You got to add a couple more. So that's where my head went after this year's Bristol dirt race. So to now hear that Bristol dirt may be gone. Uh, and I mean, I don't think Jordan Bianchi talked about this, but I have a feeling if Bristol dirt is gone, Bristol yeah. is down yeah. to one date. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not bringing spring Bristol back to, to yeah. It's going to go somewhere else. It's either going to go to North Wilkesboro for a points race or they'll figure something else out. Maybe it gets the all-star date again, but that didn't go over super well in 2020. They had to put lights on the car to gimmick it up. I, I just don't know. I, I, I'd be sad to see Bristol dirt go as unless, you know, unless maybe they drop Bristol dirt and Eldora gets a date like then okay i i might be able to sleep at night but that's not going to happen it's an smi owned date they're going to swap it with another smi track like north wilkesboro or or what it's not i don't know what they're going to do it's i'm a little disappointed honestly i i like bristol dirt i'm very disappointed actually yeah because like like you just said the third year it's like okay the racing's finally coming together but then also too i had noticed like you know before the racing had started people were already stating their opinions like yeah i want this to end and stuff but I'm like, guys, like some of y'all don't realize if Dirt Bristol is gone, we are not getting another Bristol date. That is it. We're only limited it. to one. I mean, because they're not, I mean, it's been proven that, you know, fans aren't going to, you know, come for the spring date. And obviously there was a whole lot of, you know, weather factors and stuff that have, you know, played in, you know, um, over the past decade, but still like, you know, even when the weather's fine and stuff, that place just doesn't look as packed as the, uh, as the night race clearly. And, you know, Dirt Bristol was at least, you know, something to try and get more butts in the seats. And for a little bit, it uh, it uh, worked at first, but I don't know. Now they're looking to get rid of it. That's unfortunate. Well, something that keyed me off on, I, I don't know if it was Phelps or Ben Kennedy that said it, but one of the main goals NASCAR has with scheduling with this new deal, which I found very interesting because immediately in my brain, I was like connecting one and one here, making two out of the fact that 
uh, more than likely the tracks are going to get a lot less money. Is they're like, we need to go to places that sell out. I was like, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because for the last 20 years, since they streamlined deals and didn't let the tracks do the deals themselves with TV, they haven't really had to worry as much about attendance. I won't say it wasn't a non-factor, but it went from being like 50% of the revenue or whatever to like a very minimal amount. Um, and Bristol, in their first date uh, of the season, has for, uh, if we're going off sellouts, has not met that since 2008 or nine. Um, mm-hmm. and it certainly isn't going to mean it now unless you drastically cut attendance, which then you're cutting the attendance from the fall race. Uh, so it sucks. Uh, I personally, I am with you guys and I, I hate just all of us parroting each other. Um, but I, I, I've been on the Bristol dirt race. I, th- I want to say from about the first race on, I was apprehensive beforehand. I liked it. Uh, but I won't lose sleep if it's not there just because I have lived in NASCAR without dirt as much as I like dirt racing and I wish they would do more. I, I understand if they don't, if fans don't speak to it or, or like, like it, then, you know, don't do something that they continue to hate. Sure. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I will say, I, I, I like that they're going to keep racing on Easter. Uh, I get that it was a long tradition not to, but it was a long tradition for people for sports leagues not to touch uh you know christmas it was and, a long time and, it was a tradition in many states not to have any sports on sunday and um, the ratings would suggest that you know people love watching racing on well, easter well yeah. people ratings people proof, are home on the holidays yes. yeah exactly yes people yeah. watch tv on the holidays as, you know as much as people mm-hmm. don't want to admit it and you're they not do. spending your whole day at church like i'll just put it like that <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know i, I you know been to church just about every Easter since I was born, and uh, I did not spend a whole day there, even if it felt yeah. like it. I'm <laughs> home by noon, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I get people not wanting to, and especially, you know, like, tradition aspect, but if NASCAR can own Easter as their holiday, uh, that'd be a huge step, I think, into having solidified, solidifying another major date. You know, you have, like, Southern yeah. 500 on Labor Day weekend. You got Memorial Day weekend with the 600 uh the usually the sunday before president's day is the daytona 500 uh if you i i feel like if you solidify another date for easter it's another pillar that the networks can put in that ensure a lot of people will show up and in turn would help the sport i, I don't yeah. think it's a, like a, a bad thing to race on easter yeah and a north wilkesboro uh borough race and stuff i mean that does sound appealing on easter and stuff you know bringing that track back on the uh on the point schedule and stuff it's just yeah, just happened to lose a uh, dirt Bristol. I mean, that would suck. But I mean, I I would also like I would understand it. I mean, they just invested millions into that track, so you, you might as well use it for a points race, well, you know. But it, I'm it just a little like worried. Ten year plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a little worried because they're going to repave it. I guess. I think. I would assume. And if they do that, I mean, that's half the charm of the track gone. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just kind of is. There. And if they can't fix the cars, I'm not going to be that ex- as excited for it in year two as I was for year mm-hmm. one. Now, if they reconfigure it, which maybe they would, and maybe there'd be some pushback there, but if they do something to make it more than just a one-groove track, yeah, I don't know. They made Bristol a two-groove track. I loved Bristol before they put dirt on it, and a lot of fans didn't. So maybe what I like mm-hmm. is just opposite of what other people want from their short tracks. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm not – like North Wilkesboro isn't a slam dunk in my opinion. Like no. I had a lot of fun there a few weeks ago, but like I, I'm glad it has a future. It should have a future. But, you know, I don't want it to, I don't want them to, what's the word, like make it too big or, or put too much 
responsible. Like, you know, now it's a points race on Easter in year two. That feels like a lot of kind of pressure almost to put on this. What's probably going to be a brand new track if they repave it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I'd worry about that a little. And then the question of the all-star race comes up. I know some people, I know some people were saying the rumors even at the track were like, oh yeah, all-star race. And then at a points race. I don't think they do that only two months apart. Easter is March 31st, I believe, next year. And the All-Star They might race. just go back to Charlotte. I don't know. Yeah, if I, maybe. You yeah. know, NASCAR wants to compact the schedule together. My idea would be with that is what if what, what if you do the All-Star race, either like the Thursday or Saturday night of the weekend of the 600? Probably Thursday would be better so they're not gassed the next day. Yeah. And, and you just tighten that schedule up just a little bit more. I know they're not going to. They're going to have their own weekend. So Charlotte might be an option. Uh I don't. I know people don't want to hear it, uh, but the ratings <laughs> proved it did better. What if they bring Texas back as the All Star race again? Uh, they got more uh, in attendance, yeah, got better viewership. I mean, I, I can pull it up right here, North Wilkesboro this year because it's in that market. I, it's I, in I, that I, Dallas market. I am yeah, not arguing for this. I'm just saying what they're thinking might be with it. Bigger market, yes. Two point two oh three million watched at the exact same time the North Wilkesboro All Star race. Two point about two and a half million watched. Texas last year uh, and the year before that 2.7. So granted the event's been going down, but they could say, let's bring Texas back. I hey, hope not. The, hey, the chat's going crazy with that, but I mean, Jared, I mean, he brought up, he brought up numbers though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see that too. Yeah. I mean, SMI does SMI needs to create their own stadium race. <laughs> that's what, that's maybe, what it is. They, that's what they got to do. Maybe yeah. they bring it back to Atlanta. It's a super speedway. Now they have their super speedway clash the way that Na- that isc used to yeah there you go that's not a, that's not an i don't think that's not a, that's not an impractical idea mm-hmm. right. who knows bigger market too they could they could advertise it to the atlanta market and they could and it would fit to advertise crashing mm. and stupidness is there any chance i've not followed it feels like every week i see a different headline that confuses me is there any chance they could race national fairgrounds in a year Oh, in a year. So, so no, not in a year. So right now, so right now they're still renovating like a lot of like, so they're still building those. They're um, still not approved to really do anything. Well, yeah. Well, well, right now they're currently, um, currently their biggest project is right now. These apartments are being built in between Mm -hmm. the soccer stadium and the racetrack. So they're technically low income housing, but they look really nice though. So I guess they're only low income because they're in between, you know, the stadium and um and the racetrack and stuff. Location, so, location, location. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I have, might well, have to see what the rent is. And, the the, pro- the problem too is, you know, we went to the SRX races. Darian, you and John have been at, at these races. There's the not traffic, a whole lot of space. The traffic know. issues. They're having issues for like six, seven thousand people there, and NASCAR yeah. wants to bring thirty thousand. It's. I think it's going to get pushed through. the The mayor says he's going to push it through, um, which I believe he will. And from, but it's going to take time. Well, mm-hmm. it might might be done by the end of the month or summer. Um, but from from the data too, it showed that uh, Miss Five F One tracks was in the minority because it sounds like about sixty, maybe fifty, sixty percent of people, um, actually want NASCAR there. There you go. It's that loud vocal minority that's like 20% or so. Okay. So Um, the public out here, they're for it mostly. So that's maybe SMI could rent Rockingham for a weekend. That would be a bad idea. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And you know what? It'd keep the teams close to the Charlotte Hub, Mm -hmm. too, so they could have a bit more off time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a bad idea. 
but there's more to this though. That was just the, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You see what I did there, but it's nice. more to this. Uh, Garage 56 officially opens up operations. Ben Kennedy says, said that NASCAR in, in, in Le Mans um, is part of the global expan uh, expansion plan for NASCAR as, an, as well as industry execs having been visiting all around the world in different regions, one of which is the Middle East. And Kennedy also um, is using this to think of the 2025, 2026, and 2027 schedules. Um, so, fellas, Jared, I'll start off with you. Is the international scene the way to go? We've seen, you know, golf be um, get involved in a bit of a controversy with that. We've seen, you know, F1, you know, going. I mean, F1's always been global, always but they've been, been going to, yeah, they've been going to different places and stuff. And some other sports leagues uh, like the WWE are also going to the Middle East. But I don't know. What do you think about this uh, overall expansion plan as a whole, Jared? Well, I, I, okay. I don't think it's a black and white answer here. I like going to different countries. It's what countries you choose to go to. I like going to Canada. I think there's a big base in Canada. I think there's a good base in Mexico to go to. That doesn't break the bank for the teams either. Uh, I even think maybe in the future, especially with the reception they got, maybe going to countries in Europe. Uh, I'm very apprehensive. Uh, I won't even say apprehensive. I'm, I, I am uh, very much against going to the Middle East because if we... Let's read between the lines here. Who's buying in all the with all the sports in the Middle East? It's Saudi Arabia, um, yeah. and we've seen the box that them putting money into golf has put uh, golf into. Uh, I mean, they put they they they've always had money there, uh, but they now was starting Live Golf not even two years ago. Within two years, basically had the PGA down on their knees, merging with them, and when you have sports entities over there. Their government is involved in all of it. And I, I, I do not like the thought of the Saudi Arabian government being influencing in any way the decisions that NASCAR makes uh, in, in any regard. And I think that just, especially the direction NASCAR looks to go socially too, just, it does not fit whatsoever. Uh, no, I think the that's... The yeah. almighty Sorry, dollars, go ahead. I think the almighty dollar speaks more than morals. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And... I, it's if they're if they're talk it's it's like the number thing if they're talking about it they're probably in the midst of doing it uh it's yeah. just lightening the blow for fans i'm just nascar in my opinion is not in the same is not in the same box as a lot of these bigger operations like the pga like the nba like the nfl like if like if the nba goes over and becomes china's lapdog they can kind of take that hit because they're a much more popular global league and much more popular in america with their base NASCAR is still very much a niche sport, and any hit to its base is going to be huge. I mean, we saw with the Chase Elliott effect, if we want to call it that, 400, 500,000 people leaving. That's an NFL game. It's like, oh, damn, we're only down like 2%. Damn. I guarantee you. That. That's, that's 12 of, to 14% in NASCAR. I feel like a lot of fans would, if they were to announce a race for Saudi Arabia, I would definitely see a lot of NASCAR fans just saying, like, hey, I'm not watching this. Like, just for the, you know. I mean, I've seen it with F1 time and time again, too. Whenever F1 races there, there's a ton of people just don't watch neither, you know. But then there's also that whole money aspect, too. Like, I'll put it like this. Like, um, the soccer player, Massey, um, he signed with uh, Miami. Um, before signing that deal, um, he was offered a billion dollars to play for the national Saudi Arabia team. So that says, that, that's, <laughs> they that have says a lot endless, right there. They, got, they have endless yeah. pockets. 
they got a ton yeah. of money, you know, and obviously NASCAR is like, you know, oh, money, you know what I mean? But yeah, again, it goes back to what Jared just said too. You got to think about the, you know, your core audience. I mean, your core fan base too. I mean, do you really think that, uh, that, you know, announcing plans to run a race in the middle East or something would be, you know, looked at, you know, and you know, in, in the best light out here that in America, I'm not over in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. That's, that's what, what I'm I saying. I, I love, yeah. I love the prospect of going to Canada, going to Mexico, South America. It seems like there's mm-hmm. a lot of a base growing there. Europe. I just, there are some areas of the world that just fundamentally do not line up with NASCAR's values or its fans. And yeah, I, 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 I just feel like you're, you're, you're very much going on an edge that I don't think NASCAR where its viewership here is can afford to take the blow up. Mm-hmm. Eric, I what do you think about this? I don't know if like, so I, first off, I wholeheartedly agree with pretty much everything Jarrett said. I don't think I would be a fan of racing in most areas of the middle East. Um, but to your point, there's a lot of money there. They're spending money on live. They're spending money, uh, on all sorts of sports. F1 keeps going back there. I mean, and if you also said this, if they're going to start racing overseas, it's going to start costing the teams a lot of money. That will be where the money comes from. Like that's how you make it possible is by taking some of these deals. I don't know that it would hurt NASCAR's base that bad. I mean, it wouldn't be great PR if there would be bad, uh, there'd be bad headlines. There would certainly be detractors, but for me, I don't know that it's worth it because I just don't think, you know, is there any appetite for NASCAR in the Middle East right now? Like, is there any? It would be a completely so. like new and foreign thing to them. And maybe like, oh, okay, that'd be interesting. What is this? This is a new, this is American. Oh, but like, you don't know that. It, it, I feel yeah. like it would be a huge risk. I agree. I think with what you're saying, Jared, is that Canada, no brainer. Go to Montreal next year. It should be done. No doubt. Uh, you know, Mexico, definitely possible. Done it before. Can be done again. Maybe some spots in Europe, maybe even like a Japan, although maybe that's further down the line. Hey, start Europe, start South America. Uh, what about you could the do UK? There. The UK maybe? UK, exactly. I mean, they got a ton of tracks places out in, there. You know? Places in Europe, I think, are, are fair game. Start there. But, you know, to jump all the way to Saudi Arabia or Japan, China out east, you know, it's, it's I think you got to start small. Uh, but if it's Saudi Arabian money that allows you to go travel the world, uh, I, I mean, I don't have to like it. Don't have to agree morally with all of it but it's is what it is nascar would not be the first major sports league to fall into that you know so i i don't know i I think they're gonna watch and see how golf plays out i need to read more about how this pga tour live uh merger really works and what the fan response at least here in the u.s will be like because they could watch that i do think there's at least some crossover between nascar fans and golf fans and uh you know might be some might be a way to get a read on what the you know, the social appetite for something like that would be the big oh, difference. The, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the big difference with the golf thing is that, you know, I, unless while well, NASCAR's talked about having a series over there, um, which if they did have a series, their government would be involved in um, what the, the way they kind of, um, I would say dismantled golf was they basically just bought out like 12 or their biggest stars. And when I say bought mm-hmm. out, I mean, paid them like 50 million per golf event. Like, like Phil Nichols, I think Phil Nicholson was like the biggest star. Yeah, I think didn't because I, I, I think they paid him like per like twenty five mil, fifty yeah, mil, whatever. And something some of these crazy, guys made like, crazy money. I'm talking like two hundred million dollars. Some of them, like did. they basically they basically made like their entire career earnings in like the span of like maybe a few matches, a summer, or something like that, but, a summer yeah, or the, summer. The, the, yeah, literally basically, summer, they, yeah. they made they made that in a summer, and and mm-hmm. they basically just outspent them. It, it's kind of like what we saw with with the the Gen Six era where. 
you know, the bigger teams just outspent the smaller ones. That's that's what we saw on a literal sports league level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that continues to happen. Uh, the, the, the difference that NASCAR has to these other ones is, is that there isn't that league over there yet. Um, but, I mean, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they bought, like, the USFL or something to compete against the NFL. You know, like stuff USFL. like that. I mean, oh, I, I really think that this is something that's come up quick, is going to be really big for NASCAR uh, in whichever way they go, because the sports market will completely change with this, whichever way yeah. it goes. Well, no, I agree with, with something 8-Bit Ghost Ripper Dragon just super chatted. Um, we need to fix our star power problem, a bunch of other stuff. Like, I agree. Like The idea of NASCAR racing in the Middle East might be interesting to some extent, but who the hell in the Middle East, or for even that, parts of Europe, is going to relate to Chris Busher? To see that yeah, guy as a see, star, the only, or Michael the only, McDowell, or the, you know, even Chase yeah. Elliott for that matter. If they don't know who Bill Elliott is, why the hell are they going to care about Chase Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia? Don't, <laughs> you know, the only one I mean I could see is Tony Breidinger, I, but like she's in trucks part time. Oh, you know? I'm not even talking about Middle East. I'm just saying in general, like oh, who's oh okay, Hamilton, okay. Max Verstappen. I mean, obviously they're European, Lewis British. You know, they're they, yeah. but they look like superstars. I'm sorry, but you know. Ross Chastain translates here in America. A watermelon farmer from Florida yeah, is just I, another I don't know dude. Enough, yeah, I don't know enough culturally, but is that going to translate in Japan, for example? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to see him as a not star. It's just a, he's a guy, you know. Yeah, not too much, not too much. But but yeah, no. Appreciate the super chat. I'll be reading the rest of that later. But but yeah, um, I think that's about it with that um, with that topic. A lot of changes happening. We'll see uh, what NASCAR does in the future. Definitely like them to go to. Uh, um, back to Montreal, Mexico, and stuff like that. Um, most countries, yeah, I would be fine with, but then there's quite a few we just talked about that I'd be like, yeah, kind of stay away from. But hey, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business, money talks. So we'll see what happens. All right. Since it's the off week, uh, the off weekend to be exact, um, we obviously aren't going to be doing any pick points or whatever. Um, we're not even um, we're not even going to even reveal the um, um the current point situation right now. So we um. We'll uh, save that for next week. Yeah, we'll save it for next weekend and stuff too. I have a week to recover. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll save it for next weekend. But um, if you know the point system, then I'm pretty sure you already know. uh, The chat already knows where uh, they're at in points. Um, But yeah, um, yeah, I know, Blue Jimmy. I wish we could do it, but hey, it's the off weekend. But instead, um, what we're going to do is we're going to just go over um, and uh, continue our top 75 drivers, um, NASCAR Cup Series drivers list. Um, to celebrate 75 years of NASCAR's history. Uh, tonight, we're going to be going over uh, 55 through 51. Now, as we keep going uh, through the list, uh, Eric's mentioned this as we were starting. We're starting to recognize the names more and more and more. And Eric was pretty spot on. Just the, every single list, it's just, okay, more names I'm recognizing more. So I feel like we're like past like the really, really hard ones and we're approaching the easier names. At least for me, these names are easy. I've um grew up watching one of these guys and then uh, some of these other guys a little bit older but we'll see see who we got um, yep so at 55 and diehard fans are going to appreciate this at 55 we have ernie irvin ernie irvin one of the greatest drivers in nascar cup series history not to win a championship let's go over these uh 15 career wins uh, the Daytona 500 winner with Morgan McClure, um, 
long before um a few years before Starling Marlin. So that team won three Daytona 500s in the uh, early 90s and was a championship contender driving for uh Robert Yates. That's what he's uh, mostly known for uh for driving um specifically the 1994 season. He was on track. He him and Dale Earnhardt to start off the year had a pretty awesome points battle. Unfortunately, had his near fatal accident uh sidelined him for quite some time but then eventually came back to win at the very same track that nearly did him in in 1997. But unfortunately, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, um, sacrificed his mind, his body uh, for the sport. Um, You know, in 1999, he had another crash, another head injury. Just, you know, after that, he retired. He's like, that's it. I can't do it no more. But I mean, obviously was pretty good. To even even though he um he had parts of his career cut short by injury is still 55 on this list and I'm seeing um I'll, I'll I had him the highest and I see um Jerry had him 56 Danny 56 Eric and um um and also the chat 56 and Eric also had him uh, 53rd as well so you guys seem to agree with me yeah pretty I think pretty even comparisons everyone had him similar spots Swerve and Irvin uh a lot of folks have brought his oh, name yeah. up in recent months when talking about Ross Chastain someone who maybe early in their career went through kind of a similar arc um yeah. but no Ernie Irvin absolutely deserving of a spot uh well inside the top 75 uh you guys know me at this point my list is skewed by if you won big races this guy's a Daytona 500 winner um so that's a big deal for me um but Darian, I want to know, I guess, why you had him. You had him the highest of all of us. I'm curious. Did you see something a little out, more special? That well, the rest I mean, like see? his performances with Morgan McClure really stuck out because he's the one, he's the driver before Sterling Marlin that really established that team. Now, I know That's you a had, good point. I believe you had Rick Wilson. He was like more of an underfunded guy and stuff. Um, I think he finished second with them at one point. But um, no, he was like one of the first guys for that team to get him wins consistently. And like you said, I mean, a similar arc to Ross Chastain. I mean, he was the new guy on the block back in those days. And then- um, once Davey Allison had passed away, you know, they were looking for a new full-time driver and he was the best available. So, um, did the most, um, when he was healthy, keyword, when he was healthy, if he were healthier, he'd definitely be higher on this list. Might even have a championship. Well, I'll say this. And it was talked about in the chat too. I mean, the dude survived a basilar skull fracture. Yeah. That Ooh, says yeah. it all. That's that the, says it that's all. That's the injury that took out Dale Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that he like today has a normal life. And, and and all like that that's just badass in general i'm just to say that's yeah, true that's um, what i say when i say like sacrificing mind and parts of the body like i, I was not exaggerating like he really well, did he really did and to to put this in perspective through 20 races out of i believe 31 in 1994 uh when we say that he was in a big battle with dale earnhardt for the championship he was 27 points behind earnhardt uh the next closest was rusty wallace 326 back <laughs> he he very much could have yeah. won that championship away from Dale Earnhardt. Now, again, we we, we can play the woulda, coulda, shoulda with 11 races. That's a lot of time. Anything could happen. Yeah. But he was the closest. He was the closest. Yeah, that was yeah. about the closest that somebody came to beating yeah. Earnhardt in any of his championship winning seasons. Yeah, could have stopped the seventh championship well, potentially. But... And I believe that was Dale Earnhardt and was it Andy Petrie was the – the yeah, crew chief at that yes. time at their yes. best. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that not an easy feat whatsoever to be not only you know in the same league at that time, but fighting basically shoulder to shoulder with him. So mm-hmm. I, I think he very much deserves a, a spot in that you know around here fifty five, fifty six. You know is about where I had him. Um, yeah, he. I think he very much deserves it. Yeah. Now 
Number 54. This guy, more recognizable. Um, I think he's um I think he's without question the most recognizable name uh on this portion of the list. Uh, span the 69s, folks. Greg Among, Biffle. Yeah, amongst younger fans. Sorry. Yeah, amongst, <laughs> I'm sorry. Amongst younger fans. Excuse me. Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle, y'all, is number 54 on this list. Um, uh, We grew up watching him drive for Rouse Racing all those years. 19 career wins. Um, it was the 2005 uh, runner-up uh, in the championship to Tony Stewart. Um, That was arguably his best year. Um, Or actually, no, not right. I think that was his best year, actually, So uh, statistically. Um, ended up winning two Southern 500s during that time span. Um, the 05 and 06 Southern 500s were the uh, only um, monumental races he won. I mean, he was, you know, in the chase year in and year out, was extremely consistent. Um, pretty much he had won for Roush Racing all the way from his rookie year in 2003 up until his final win with the team in 2013. Now, I'm, I'm looking at this list. Uh it, Eric, you you want to explain what's going on, Eric? What's going on? What happened? I noticed, so a couple of weeks ago, we were, uh, I don't know, it was like 70 through 66 or something. And I was looking at my list and I suddenly realized somebody mentioned Greg Biffle. And I was like, oh, you know, where did I put Greg Biffle? Like 48th, 50th, maybe I put him 69th just for the memes. I'm scrolling through my list. And I didn't put Greg, I forgot to put Greg Biffle on my oh, list. Oh, no. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, give me all the, yeah, 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 me, me all you want. Yeah, that was obviously an honest mistake. I can't, I just can't believe it was Greg Biffle, who for years I considered probably my second favorite driver because yeah. he was the Roush guy. He was Kenseth's teammate, pushed him to the 2020, 2012 Daytona 500 win. And yet somehow I forgot to get stiff for the Biff. Uh, I. I, he still even he like still races in SRX. I think he said he wants to do another truck race at some point soon. Uh, but a uh, um, he wants to do a potential Xfinity Series race at Portland too. Yeah, yeah. that's maybe that's what I read. I yeah, I, I apologize to all Greg Biffle <laughs> fans out there, of which I considered myself one of you until now. I uh, yeah. can't believe I choked this hard. That's pretty. But you know what? Bad. Even though even though you left him off, I mean, he's still pretty high. I mean, Danny yeah, I think 50. somewhere somewhere in the fifties is probably most accurate. You mentioned a lot of his accolades. I I just remember the first year I watched was 05. Well, the first complete year I watched was 05. and Biffle was he was a championship contender that year. That was probably mm-hmm. arguably his peak. Uh, but you know when Roush was in their in their prime, Biffle looked like he was in his prime, and I respect that he was a how old was he? Like thirty three, his rookie season. Yeah, he yeah. Still had he was a, a he was solid. A, yeah. 12 13 year 14 year cup career and was stout for much of it won a couple big races was typically in the playoff or sometimes even the championship hunt mm-hmm. you know i respect greg biffle i'm embarrassed i forgot to put him on my list that was just an honest mistake i can't believe it well i'll say for greg biffle uh the thing with biffle is very much like we talked about with casey kane when biffle was on he's one of the hardest people to beat when he was off though it was like he was off. uh yeah. But yeah, I mean, he he competed for uh, the 2005 championship against Tony Stewart. He was up there for a good portion of the 2008 championship fight with Carl Edwards and Jimmy Johnson. Um, was one of the most consistent guys I remember in 2012. Uh, and he's a wheel man too. That that's one thing. Like they get thrown around so much, where it's like, oh, this guy's a wheel man. This guy, this guy, this guy. Like we all know they are. But like, what sets him apart? And Biffle, if I remember right, always would drive. A very loose car. Like, and it would just be on the edge of control uh, just about every race. I got to see him win in 2013 at Michigan. Beat out Jimmy Johnson, I believe. Uh, and it was it was pretty badass seeing Biffle win like that. Uh, I believe it was his second win in a row at Michigan, if I remember correct. Uh, 
But Biffle is somebody I feel like who gets forgotten a lot when it comes to really good drivers. And he really needs to be remembered better. I, I'm glad I'm glad that yeah. for the most part we had him up here. I mean something else that people forget too, he won was it three years in a row he won the finale. Oh yeah. I oh, oh yeah, yeah. I should have I should have yeah, I should have put that in there. Damn, that's right. But 0, yeah. Oh four, yeah. he was an afterthought because he won right in front of the championship fight between Kurt Bush, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. In 2005, he won that nail biter, like with Mark photo Martin. finish yeah. with Mark Martin, and then uh, people forget he beat out rookie Martin Truex Jr. in 06 mm-hmm. for the win. So, yeah. Im- impressive yeah. career. That That's a good point. Really needs to be remembered better. Yeah, yeah well, it, being... it definitely needs to be remembered better. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> at least it's a it's at I least sh- being remembered on the on our to top 75 list at Mostly. least. So yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he's number fifty-four, Greg Biffle. At number fifty-three, um, a driver um that was a bit before Greg Biffle's time, Mister September himself, Harry Gant. Harry Gant, eighteen career wins. Um, the reason he um got the nickname Mister September was because in nineteen ninety-one he won four races in the month of September. I believe it was like beginning of of September all the way into beginning of uh, October. Um, by the time we reached the fourth race, but um, because he did that, he got the name Mr. September. And that was um, that was during a season where, you know, wasn't a championship contender or anything like that. You know, he's just he was just on it, those four races. So that historic runs forever remembered. Um, also won the 84 and 91 Southern 500s and the 1991 Winston 500, which some of y'all are asking, why is that a big deal? Well, back in those days, the Winston 500 at Talladega, was like considered one of the the uh, the more monumental races at the time. You just had to win that, and it was a part of the uh, the um the Noble Five, which I believe the winner won like a million dollars or something like that. Something they won a lot of money, pretty much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's I, um, what I liked about him, like about him, kind of like Biffle, another driver who came into the Cup Series when he was a lot older, but yet still mm-hmm. had a fully fleshed out, successful Cup Series career. But I also love all the nicknames he had. Mr. September, Handsome Harry Gant, mm, uh, yeah. Skull Bandit, you know, he drove the 30, uh, 33 car. car so, yeah. yeah. But well, hey, chat. Yeah, the chat only had him 65, by the way. Shame on you guys. Well, and I <laughs> want to say this too. He was part of that championship fight in 1992. And oh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he was like sick as a dog that day, uh, but still toughed it out for that chance to win. I can't remember if he where he finished in the points in that one, because it was a six-driver championship fight. I'll double-check that right now, but I believe he was... I want to say he finished fourth, but I could be wrong. Check, I believe he was top him. five. You think he was top five? We yeah, know he was chat, top verify six. that for us. Yeah, yeah. So, verify that I'll for us really right quick, now. chat. But, but yeah, the chat only had him 65, though, but, I mean, I had him, like, in damn near in the yep. um, top 40s there. Yeah, 44th there. Um, But, I mean, it was a no-brainer to me. I mean, you look at the wins, you look at some of these tracks he won at, too, and of course, I mean, you know, like, you know, the whole Mr. September run there. I mean, for that time period, I mean, that was pretty, that was pretty historic too. And also just considering, you know, where he was in points at the time. Again, I'm like, he wasn't like a championship contender, you know, and it's the just, age he just did happened. it at. Yeah. Like, imagine, yeah like, if, imagine if he had the pathway that so many other drivers had even at that time to get in in their like late 20s, even. Had he mm-hmm. had that opportunity to get in a good car in his late 20s on, can you imagine the numbers he could have put up? Yeah. And that's for a lot of guys, too. Because, I mean, back in this era, I mean, guys didn't really reach the Cup Series until, like, 
I don't know, 30s if you were lucky, 40s, 50s. I mean, it was a it was an older dude's game back in those days. It's clearly changed now, but Harry Gant was the last of a dying breed for inevitably the young the young kids took over. But yeah. Oh, by the way, this just got tweeted out by Adam Stern. Oh. Um, <laughs> Read it, Jared. It's Read Chicago it. street race stuff here. Uh, two of them. Uh, new Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson says that he is impressed with how hardworking and collaborative Julie Geis and the entire NASCAR team have been, and that events like the Chicago Street Race are critical to continuing positive tourism growth, and then follows that up with, the deal between the city and NASCAR is a three-year deal with two option years beyond that, and NASCAR says they remain committed to seeing this contract through to the end. So, okay, at least the second part was stuff we already knew. Okay. Uh, okay. But, yeah, I mean, that's probably the first positive thing we've seen yeah. the Chicago government say about the street race. Yeah. It wasn't Mayor Pildegeese. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that, that that's that's what stood out to me was it's you know it feels like every week there's a new hit piece. <laughs> I don't want to say hit piece. Sometimes it actually is bad news, like yeah. people breaking and stealing equipment last week. But you know, a lot of times it's a lot of obvious people pointing out, oh yeah, traffic's going to be bad. Bad. Like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, no shit. Traffic's bad in Vegas too, where they're repaving mm-hmm. everything for F1. Uh, you know, like a lot of things that are just kind of obvious, basic complaints. This is one of the first. Just it's from the Chicago Tribune as well. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I assume that's got to be one of, if not the biggest newspapers in that town. Uh, with very some very positive things to say, and it's the new mayor saying yep. it because yeah, originally this was the previous mayor's kind of pet project almost. Uh, so the fact that the new mayor seems to at least be voicing some support is a little bit of a change. Okay, yeah. new change in tone. All right, at number fifty-two on our list now. At number fifty-two, uh, one of Dale Earnhardt's best friends and also one of the greatest drivers ever, Neil Bonnet, the late Neil Bonnet. Um, you know, an, another driver, 18 career wins. That seems to be the theme. Um, our drivers have been in the 15 to 19 win range thus far, but uh, 18 career wins. Um, some monumental races included the 79 crack, uh, firecracker 400, the 81 southern 500, and the 83 world 600, and was also a uh, winner of the first ever NASCAR race ran outside of North America in the 1988. A Goodyear NASCAR 500 held in Australia at their um, old oval they used to have. I think it's still up, but it's abandoned now. But Neil Bonnet was one of those drivers, um, you know, like doesn't have a championship to his name, but he was a threat um, usually every other week. It felt like, you know, especially at Talladega was part of the, you know, the old Alabama gang, um, you know, tragically passed away in 1994 and really just another driver quite uh, kind of like Ernie Irvin, just injuries sort of derailed his career, unfortunately led to his uh, tragic passing in uh, Daytona 500 practice in February yeah. of 1994. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he supposed to go up in the TV booth like right after that? Wasn't that supposed to be one of his last races too? Yes. He was going to retire and go to the TV booth. So, yes. Yes. Uh, it definitely is another one of those stories where, I, I don't, I don't know how he'd be remembered if it wasn't for this. Because I, I feel like when you talk about Neil Bonnet, people always are like, "Well, it was Dale Earnhardt's best friend who died at Daytona," and it, and it really overshadows just how good of a career he had. Especially if you look from 1979 to 1988, all but two of those years he won, and all but two of those years that he won in were multi multi win seasons too. Uh, mm-hmm. Led. Uh, looking at some of the career highs, even in 22 races in 1981, 
led 1,500 of the 4,900 laps that he was a part of. Uh, Looking through as well, point standings-wise, had three straight seasons in the top 10 when he did run full seasons from 1983 uh, through 1985. So I I feel like he's one of these guys. Of the five we talked about today, it feels like he's the one who's most forgotten for his accomplishments. Like at this, yeah. it feels like a theme this early in the list of, of drivers. Yeah. I mean, like there's there's a lot to to look at. I mean, multiple monumental wins and uh, you know big races and stuff, and then you know eighteen career wins. I mean, eighteen career wins in the Premier Cup Series, especially in those days, that was no slouch. And I mean, like I know mm-hmm. some people view Daytona and 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 Talladega wins a lot differently now, but no, back in those days, you actually had to have you know not only pure talent. But, you know, awesome car setup and stuff, you know, amazing strategy calls, you know, to win those races, too. It was was a lot different. Felt like it was a lot harder to win those races, in my opinion. So, so yeah, um, rightfully, we have him at number 52 for list. I like your point, though, Jared, that like he his some of his accomplishments do get overshadowed because whether it's Dale Earnhardt or the Alabama gang, a lot of what he becomes known for are the people he was around and those associated with him. Um, But absolutely deserving to be on this list. Uh, and I think it's interesting, basically this entire section, 55 to 51, are arguably some of, not arguably, they are some of the best cup drivers uh, to not win NASCAR championships. And I think Neil Bonnet fits very nicely mm-hmm. into that list. So I, I think we got him, I mean, most all of us have him there in the high 40s, low 50s. That's, I think that's about where he probably belongs, but it's deserved. And the final driver on this list tonight at number 51, um, if, if, it, um, if it wasn't for this driver, Hendrick Motorsports may not even exist. Jeffrey Bodine. And the reason I say that, I'll get into in a little bit. But also, just like Neil Bonnet, Harry Gant, and and Harry Gant, 18 career wins, uh, won the 1986 Daytona 500. Uh, The 1994 All-Star Race, that wasn't with Hendrick Motorsports. That was a little bit later in his career. Um, That was for Alan Kowicki's old team that he eventually bought up after he uh, tragically passed away. Um, but, uh, he won Hendrick Motorsports first race at Martinsville in 1984. And Rick Hendrick credits that as the, the race that kept him in business because, um, the previous race, they were about to shut down, you know, money was about to run out. Um, they kept the faith and, uh, you know, stuck it out for one more week. And because of Jeffrey Bodine, Hendrick Motorsports is now, you know, they've gone on to become the juggernaut, um, they are today. Um, but really his career, Jeffrey Bodine, uh, he was a part of some um, some pretty interesting moments. Um, uh, he, won a, he won that famous 1990 uh, North Wilkesboro, or no, excuse me, that famous 1989 North Wilkesboro race where Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd spun out, uh, spun out each other. He had his uh, rivalries, his little run-ins with Dale Sr. as well. Um, and, you know, it was... Um, you know, he also raced with some pretty competitive teammates too at Hendrick. I mean, it wasn't just him. Daryl Walter was there, Tim Richmond as well. So, you know, he had to earn his wins, his 18 career wins uh, during his time with that team. So, Eric, um, how do you feel about having him on this list? I think it's, uh, I mean, I think it's very well deserved. Um, not only, I, th- I don't know if you mentioned it, he also won the Winston. I forget what year it was. I want to say 80, uh, no, it was uh, in the 90s. I, I said the 94 All-Star Race. 94, yeah. my bad, All-Star Race. Yeah, I forget they called the Winston. Um, so I don't know, well-deserved. I had him at 49, just inside the um, top 50. Um, I mean, he also had a modified career before cups, going cup racing that I think mm-hmm. about sometimes, but I know this list was mainly cup series success. So, I mean, you kind of hit on all the highlights. Uh, 
I, I like that he's still around. I like that that he's. I don't know. Was he? I forgot. I feel like he was at a race recently. Um, but might have been Wilkesboro. Um, might have been Wilkesboro. Um, so, uh, no, I, I I don't have much else to add. Well, and and people forget too that he raced well into the '90s and 2000s. People forget that he's that guy who was in the giant crash at Daytona, like where the car the truck explodes and and oh yeah like that. yeah that's right. But I think the the big thing that people are going to remember him for on top of his uh, accomplishments is that rivalry with Dale Earnhardt was probably the ugliest that Earnhardt has. It, it, it probably, if you ask me, the ugliness of that rivalry defined that little kind of five-year span uh, of time in like the late 80s or so. Like those two hated each other with yeah. a passion. Uh, and, and he pushed it, he pushed that uh, team and Dale Earnhardt to the limit at times. So, uh, and and you know what? To to good value too because he's a great driver. I mean, we look at if you look at where we all put him to, we are all pretty consistent, like within five spots. Where most drivers, we have at least one person who's an outlier. Like it, it's pretty much a consensus, and it should be of just how close we all put him together of how good he has been. Yeah, or had been. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to forget him on this list, of course. But wow, we are now officially into the top 50. That's insane. It feels like we just started this yesterday, right? But we'll be going over 50 through 46 next week on next week's NASCAR Weekly Podcast. So stay tuned for that. We're going to reveal whose channel it, um, it's on at the at the, uh, at the oh, very end. But <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Then oh, yeah, it's going to be on Danny B Talks yeah. next weekend. So we'll uh, continue that list. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, tuning in for this part going over 55 through 51 and like i said earlier since we have no picks since it is the off week we are now we have now reached the uh top of the second hour of the show um i'm gonna read through the rest of the super chats we have thank you guys so much yeah go grab it really quick (laughs) thank you so much guys for not only tuning in but uh sending uh, your super chats let's get into it GN NASCAR fan 24 the two, with the $5 super chat. What Jared said at the start of the year, uh, Mike Joy to pre-race slash mid-race slash post-race post like Ken Squire did at the end of his career. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. That'd be a good one. But I honestly, I would prefer him in more of like a podcasting role. I feel like he would like, you know, say what's on his mind and stuff because I don't know when Mike Joy gets, um when he has an opinion, man, oh, he lets us know. Especially he can be spicy media. when he wants yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. And then Austin with the $5 super chat broadcasters aren't the worst part about Fox. It's the producers and directors. They don't seem in sync with the commentary random cuts all the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll share this right now. Um, I, y'all remember that, that, uh, that little segment I was on for Atlanta and stuff. I actually like talked to like one of their, uh, not their producers, but just one of their guys working for them and stuff. And I was like, yeah, do y'all see some of the stuff that said like, yeah, yeah. So they're they're aware of some of the criticism. Just FYI, they're aware of some of it. And then Alex with the two hour super chat. I was at a wedding this weekend too, my own. Well, congratulations, Ooh, congratulations, congrats. bro. That's awesome. That's awesome. Need for Speed fifty three fifty three. Uh, been a channel member to, for uh, for two months. He says Gecko, and that's what Jared's getting. Yeah, the Jared's gecko. going to get him. Gecko. Trevor gecko. Trevor Bailey. Been a channel member for 26 months, just a little over two years. Thank you so much. Darian, don't jinx my drivers while I'm in Nashville. Well, 
hey, your drivers <laughs> you are tell who your drivers good. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not run good, I guess. And I won't talk about them. <laughs> Napa Racing Fan 927, been a channel member for a month. Um, so here's his poll. It says A, oh, okay, I read it wrong. My bad. It says A, zero, B, Sonoma and the Glen, C, less than six, and then D, just six races. I, I'll, I'll stick to the six road course races. Yeah, sorry uh, for take, reading that. I'll take four to five, but I, yeah. then ask me which ones to cut. I mean, I guess Indy is obvious, but the, yeah. besides that, I don't think it's an easy pick anymore. I guess yeah. the Roval, maybe yeah. it is easy. Cut the Indy road course and the Roval and put them both back on the oval. I agree. And there he is. There oh, he is, little lizard. Look at That's that. Gecko. There's little apologize. dude. Gecko. Hi, little dude. What's little up? dude. Edible Giraffe, 59, with the $5 Super Chat. Y'all think Darian has weird powers? Um, You know, uh, you know, Twisted Toe? There are always somehow they are always somehow predicting stuff. Uh, maybe maybe I'm this community's twisted toe. I guess maybe. I probably should actually put her away. She's curious. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Omega Trucking Replays. Thank you so much for being a channel member for a month. We should have more super speedway races. I mean, we already have mm. we have three tracks, and it totals out to uh, six speedway races. So I mean, we already have six road courses. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think know. we need more super yeah, speedways. I, I think I six like is a cap. I feel like we have the perfect amount currently. Get, get a little dude on the mic, Jarrett. Oh, he's yeah, yeah. His headphones on. Ask him how many super speedways we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get, get a little dude's pick for uh, Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> then Blake with the $5 super chat. During the British broadcast of Le Mans, uh, they accidentally called Project 56 a Winston Cup car. What? Whoa. Crazy race, by the way, especially the first eight hours. Yeah, it was looking like. Arca. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the, the, the hour long caution periods made mm-hmm. me thankful for what we have in NASCAR. Yeah, but that's cool that some still preferred to as like a Winston Cup. That's yeah. crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then video game sports just sent a two hour super chat. Thank you so much, man. And then Alex Luff sent two $5 super chats, but the first one he ended up deleting. I'm assuming because maybe he spelled something wrong. But in the second one, he says, uh, who is the most stubborn nascar driver in that or no, no excuse me who is the most stubborn driver in nascar today can't be any more stubborn um than my uh corgi uh the pooch uh oh the pooch, oh corgi there you go the pooch in my profile pic oh okay okay so he's basically saying his oh dog, i saw so. that one earlier yeah, yeah that cute dog in the picture yeah cutie such a cutie um who, so who is the most stubborn driver in nascar today would y'all say hmm. um that's hard that's a tough question to throw me back in on Damn. Yeah, like stubborn. That like implies they don't really change, yeah. but maybe they should. I mean, at first it could have been Ross Chastain, but it seems like he's trying yeah. to change now. Yeah. Damn. Um, maybe Logano. Some people in the chat are saying Logano, but it yeah, works maybe, for him. Like why? Yeah. Like, like and I, I don't think he has as many enemies as he used to. Like certainly, certainly people know he's not. But I mean, have a break. But you can still be stubborn and be successful. I guess. So maybe Newman, uh, Ryan Newman. Oh, Newman. Pick. Yeah. Newman yeah, too. I yeah. see that in the chat. Ryan Newman is a good pick. I'll go with Newman. I'll go. Newman. Well, the, no. that, yeah. But if we're talking full timers, I have to go with Logano then. Well, right? we're not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but if we were, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd say Logano full time, all of them Newman. Yeah. Video game sports with another two hour super chat. What NASCAR race should I go to? Only been to Sonoma. Um, race at Daytona or Talladega is pretty fun. If you're out west, I'd recommend Las Vegas or mm-hmm. I mean Phoenix. The facility's nice. The racing may not always be fantastic, but the race that the facility is very nice. Vegas yeah. is probably a good balance. It's a decent facility, pretty good racing. If mm-hmm. you get out to the middle of the country, if you can't make it to like Daytona, Bristol, Talladega, like one of those main staples. 
Uh, I'd say give Kansas a try. The facility is pretty much up to date. And now with the next gen car, the racing is awesome. So you get the best of everything. Plus the access that you can get as a fan, just getting the normal fan pass to pit road honestly beats just about any track. It's all other than like not being able to get into the garage unless you pay more. It's honestly like having a hot pass. Uh, I'll be real. Like it's, it's honestly pretty cool. Eight bit ghosts, uh, uh, excuse me. Eight bit ghost, uh, ripper dragon with, with the two hour super chat. Eric, you like raising canes, right? Of course he does. I do. Of course he does. Was that it? Was that the whole super chat? Yeah, that's it. It sounds (laughs) like you like they're like threatening, right? Like, hey, you like raising canes, don't you? They got a gun. They got a gun. Hey, kid, you like some raising canes? You like want some candy? (laughs) MRX Gaming with the five dollar super chat. If NASCAR is going to go international, uh, they should race in the UK at Silverstone. Yep, I agree. And and with uh, and and with Toyota, you should race in their own backyard in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Toyota sponsors the whole damn. I mean, might as well go all out, right? Um, and then eight uh eight eight bit Ghost Ripper Dragon sent two five dollars super chats. The first being someone tell uh the iceberg his hat and headphones makes him blend in too much with his backdrop. Need some uh, need some color like a flag in the backdrop. Well, here's yeah. here's the issue. So this is this is here. This is nailed to the wall. It's yeah. not. Moving. And yeah. here's the other issue. For some reason, my white balance on my camera does not register red very well. I used to wear a red <laughs> hat. It'd make me look more red than I look now. I'd have to actually take a little trip with me. I look pretty pink right now. So that see, that's I see that ring light right there. Yeah, I'd have to uh, make that green for me not to look like a tomato. <laughs> I might have to Let's test it out now. Oh, test it out right now. Well, let's see. Yeah, do let's see. Some, some... That, this is the red light. You can probably tell. Yeah. Now the green light here, because I didn't have the red, you can kind of see the green still. But yeah. 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 I wonder, what, what if I just the rest of the show just, ooh, this is cool. That's kind of cool. Go. Almost looks like, like a this. black light. Looks yeah. like, it looks like one of those like cyberpunk kind of discos. <laughs> <laughs> nice. and, and then his second super chat says, I think we need to fix our star power problem and solve streaming before we go global. Eh, pretty based. Uh, fix the issues with the broadcast, i.e. cartoon, uh, GFX, and Michael Waltrip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gotta, Michael Waltrip's not... At this point, Michael Waltrip has moved down their list of problems. Yeah, That's they got a bit. little bit more. Yeah, I got the disco light on. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Should I just do this the rest of the show? Might as well. Yeah, just leave it. <laughs> Milton with the two-hour super chat. Hey, Jared, who wins your soft award? Oh, there's no one that I don't think there's anyone that's really that soft this week. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I guess by default for avoiding the media, I'll go Ryan Blaney. Yeah, but it's like he was so chill about it. It's not really. It didn't seem that soft. Yeah. He didn't say it like in a rude way. It's just like stop trying to sound start controversy. Yeah, it's just so but, nice. Yeah, just stop, please. So in such a chill way, Irvin Alvarado with the ten dollars super chat. I know the Middle East as a potential NASCAR expansion is tricky for logistical and political reasons for certain countries. Honestly, I think Abu Dhabi's uh, Yas Marina uh, would be a starting point. I mean, yeah, I mean, like if if they were to race anywhere, sure, but like even that track, though. I mean, like. I don't know. It just doesn't I mean even for F one finales, it doesn't really put on you know the best product and stuff. But <laughs> Dude, you yeah, they're, they're just having the fun. Yeah, y'all are y'all are doing your own thing. I'm just I had to I had to get chat. up to like mess with the controls. But now me and Jared are we're a, having a it, rave over here. It's a party inside my stream right now. 
partying on my stream. Jimmy Lyos uh, with uh, two super chats totaling to five uh, to twenty five dollars. First, the twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so much. By the way, since NASCAR is off this weekend, there is still um, there is still races on Saturday night. Uh, the ARCA race. Um, is racing at 8 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. And on Sunday, there is an IndyCar race at 1 p.m. on USA Network and F1 at 2 p.m. on ABC. Isn't, so, yeah. Isn't yeah. So, uh, IndyCar Road America? I believe so. I believe so. So, yes. Yeah. Got some more races, so there you go. And then the second Super Chat says, did you know that Greg Biffle is coming back to NASCAR next year in the Xfinity Series? Yep, uh, potentially for the Portland race. I don't know about full-time. I don't know about full-time, but Portland race for sure. Then another super chat by 8-Bit Ghost Ripper Dragon. $10 this time. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm curious if anyone ever tracked points for just one given track type, um, i.e. road course, short track, mile and a half. Uh, Be interested to know the best driver for each type of uh, track during a given season would make for a cool doc vid in fantasy. So, yeah, I mean. Athlon used to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what he means, but but yeah, that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. And then Will England been a channel member for a month. Thank you so much. It's time for local news, except on the West Coast. Yes, that old saying. That old saying. See, it'd be funny. I used to live in Vegas and watch that stuff and just be like, oh yeah. yeah what you get? Like, yeah. Uh, we would get like for Fox broadcast, you would get like I don't know animation domination reruns or like some of these infomercials and stuff that play during the the new afternoon ish times or whatever. So yeah, we got some. So what about stuff. the NBC side? Like you like Law and Order? The same, or yeah, the same stuff like Law and Order reruns or like you know this like infomercial stuff that Law shows and Order up like two or yeah Law and Order. Where we'll do the exact same plot on a show literally for twenty five <laughs> straight years. You know, used to hear the do do yeah, that's actually trademarked. You can't use that in videos on YouTube. Oh well, that's good to know now. <laughs> that's good to know. So I know copyright me. And then Ross Castain with the five dollar super chat, Jarrett. Have you saved 50% on car insurance? That's a good question. And he had the Gecko earlier. Well, I mean, so I, was asking about I, mean, I do have Geico as mine, but uh, but the, oh, but, but little little dude is see, the thing is, we have multiple lizards in this house, uh, <laughs> but I only can bring one on because the the the, the Gecko <laughs> likes me, uh, so I can hold the uh, saw. She's like chilling here. Yeah. When I bring the bearded dragon out, he shits on me. <laughs> He's an asshole. Oh man, he's like, oh, you're on your stream. Oh, I'm about to ruin it. No, dude, like the other day, like, like, well, not the other day. It's been a while because I've I've learned my lesson. I don't like getting crapped on when I don't have to be. I like take him out of my of his cage. I'm like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Let's want to see what the outside looks like. All over, dookie, all over my arm. Oh my god, gross. It's like a bird too. It's just it's it's gross. And then Napa Racing fan, uh, nine twenty seven with the two hour super chat. Um, he says, what all can Fox do to improve future broadcasts? Um, hmm, that's focus. a good question. I, I just, yeah, I think the broadcast needs focus. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little less gimmicky and stuff, a little less cartoons and just more serious broadcast. See, I got the disco lights going on too. I'm doing it manually <laughs> though. Alex, <laughs> Alex left with the $5 super chat. Logano is kind of like a Corgi, uh, stubborn, but friendly. Yeah. You have a cute dog. It's such a cute dog. <laughs> Such a cute Logano the Corgi. Someone photoshopped yeah, Logano Joey Corgi. Logano's face on a Corgi body. Yeah. 
Uh, Alex <laughs> Love, do it, do it. Photoshop uh, his face on the dog body. There you go. <laughs> and then we have Sebastian with the $5 super chat. Question for the three of you. Do you guys think uh, it takes more skill and talent to win on a road course as opposed to winning on an oval? Um, different skill and talent. Yeah, it's just yeah. yeah, it's just so different, you know. I mean, I do think the driver is skills though. So I do think the driver can make a slightly greater difference on a road course. Um, but that again, I, I, it's, I don't think it's equal skill. At least from the team perspective, it still takes a whole team to be on their yeah. game. Yeah. And then Dom, the race fan with the five dollar super chat. Which race will y'all be watching this weekend? IndyCar or F1? I'm watching everything. Well, not just everything, but I do have my uh, um, NR, uh, my NASCAR Thunder 2003 sent through. So oh, I'll shoot, be more focused Darren, on that. You're, are you working this Saturday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, well, no, no. But you're, are you? Oh, oh, got anything going on Saturday? Well, no. I'm gonna come over and watch you uh, read the books, right? Yeah, I got the romance novel stream Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know when oh, I'll do it, over. but it's just gonna pop up on people's timelines like an hour before. All right, cool. Lord cool. help. Me. Yeah, I'll be over for that. I'll be over for that. Yeah. No, I wasn't gonna be working that day. Trust me, I might have called <laughs> off honestly <laughs> just for that day. And then now here we go. Um, we're almost done. I promise. Need for Speed fifty three fifty three. Thank you so much for the two hour super chat. Where's your party lights, Darian? I have them now. I'm doing it manually, but now my thumb's starting to hurt. So let me finish these up so I can stop. An eight bit Ghost Ripper Dragon with the two hour super chat. Um, let's see. Uh, Andy Lally raced. Uh, the new uh, Morgan Shepherd. Yes, he did. Andy Lally did race. Yeah, he did 15. race. Fifteen. Yep. And uh, fans like us who've been watching for a while, we remember him. He almost won Rookie of the Year. But then ran out of funding. <laughs> God, rookie of the year battles used to be so dead during. Uh, yeah, remember, remember when Kevin Conway won in the boner car? Yeah, and led a total of one lap under was, caution. Wasn't it a caution at Indianapolis? Yep, yep, yep. God. Uh, the yeah, hollowed yeah. grounds of Indianapolis for one lap were led by the extends Kevin Conway. Car. Yep, the extends car for sure. <laughs> um, Ross Castain with the five dollar super chat. NASCAR on NBC. Yes, sir. Time to break out the old. Nick Offerman vid from 2015 and get canceled. Oh, oh and it gosh. rhymes oh. with mascar. <laughs> but yes, Roush Castan. That was a pretty so good Nick Offerman voice, actually. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And the final chat of the evening, or no, excuse me, the second to final one now. Irvin Alvarado, thank you so much for being a member for channel member for for, uh, for two months. The best club, uh, the wash. Yes, the best club, the wash. Then last super chat of the evening. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, Irvin, if you could uh, just let me know in the chat. Don't send another super chat. Just um, let me know the reference if you're still in here in the chat. And the final super chat of the evening from Nick with the $5 super chat. Trying to pass Newman is like trying to pass a kidney stone. Yes, the good old saying. I've heard that for years, man. Yes, we've heard that one for years. But yeah, I agree. And now I can finally stop. The disco lights for now. Gosh, it was starting to hurt. Oh, okay, and then SpongeBob, the watch. And then, and then it's oh, got you, got you. Oh, damn, sorry, I didn't get that reference. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought the, is the salty spittoon count as a club? It's more a bar, I guess. And the final super chat from it's nothing with the two hour super chat just says one more. Okay, now we're done. But yeah, thanks. It's nothing. But yeah, thank you. But that'll do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Tune in next week. We will be over on Danny B Talks channel uh, to go over 
nothing. Well, we'll have a little bit to go over. Yes, it is the off week, but we'll be getting ready for the Nashville weekend, which, by the way, I believe all four of us will be there, correct? Yeah. Nashville. Um, Danny's missing the party right now. Yeah, he's missing it right now. But we'll be there um, for the weekend festivities. We'll be there covering the uh, the entire weekend. Should be a blast. Maybe we hang out at Dave um, and Buster's one of those nights. Yeah, I want – yes, Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's and just party. I'm down to go Saturday. Well, I, I, know, Saturday. I know, I know, I know. We got a couple. Let's just give everyone our parties. address while we're at it. Here's where you can find whoa, us. <laughs> whoa, whoa, we're good, we're good. But yeah, so Danny B talks next week, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can watch the next NASCAR Weekly podcast. But gentlemen, I think that'll about do it, right? We're good. Uh, I think so. Uh, let's see. Yep, yep, and yeah, uh, double yep. Yep, we're good. I'm good. So, all right. So another podcast in the books, everybody. Enjoy your off weekend, the rest of your off week. Don't forget uh, to tune in to this Sunday at noon Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be doing the NASCAR Thunder 2003 sent through. As far as parody, I think it's definitely going to top the NASCAR Thunder 2004 sent through. And that's saying a lot, but I've been doing my tests. And man, I, I had a blast just with the tests alone. So I'm pretty sure you guys will too. But anyways, that'll do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Later. Goodbye. Steve, you look beautiful. So great. Oh, ridiculous, dude.